I wish I knew how to quit you. Then why don't you? This is Codependent Content, a podcast where my partner and I discuss the TV shows, movies, and video games in which we've formed an unhealthy relationship. My name is Matthias, and my co-host is Shannon Riley. Join us each week as we try to make sense of the media we continually give our hearts against our better judgment, and commiserate with us as we struggle and fail to let go of the characters, stories, and worlds that we are entangled with. Because just when we think we're done with content, it draws us back in. Shannon, this is important. Yes. I am not Matthias. Oh. I am from the past. Oh, no. And I need you to go to the past mm-hmm. and 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 the fate of this podcast depends on it. Done. I need you to tell us not to watch Yellow Jacket season two. Done. <laughs> Done. Please. <laughs> Please, Shannon. Save us. We are. <laughs> oh man. I need you, but but if you if you uh um veer from that mission uh-huh. in any way the timeline could collapse that's a lot of pressure though okay? right so like the only thing <laughs> you have to do uh-huh is is get us to not review that's it okay not reveal it jackets all right here i go <laughs> okay. welcome to codependent content i am Matthias from the past. And I'm Shannon from the right now. Great. Uh, uh, I don't know if people like past Matthias, so, but we'll see. Uh, we'll give him a test drive. <laughs> if he's half as charismatic as uh, Kirk tries to be in this episode, then we might be on a, a good path here. Oh, yeah. We have a lot to talk about with Kirk. So I'm much. I'm assuming. Shannon, uh Let's address any feedback that we may have gotten um, from last week. Do you have any any thoughts, any any things to address that you didn't, that you missed last week, that you you feel like you need to? I haven't been paying attention to too many, too many things. You know, I just the people that are enjoying the lore loft are really enjoying the lore loft. I like mm. to be like corrected on things or when, when other people point out information that we both might've missed. I think that's really cool that Star Trek has such a deep, aggressive fandom that, that knows things. Um, yeah. It seems like people are enjoying the the discussion and especially as we dive more into the emotional state of characters too, which is why we, you know, started having a podcast in the first place, we kind of get to marry the fun of the weight of the lore of Star Trek with the feelings that it brings out in us. Yeah. One of our followers uh, did have a lot of thoughts after like last week, mm-hmm. a lot of them aligned, I think with the podcast and like didn't, she did ask specifically if um, we had seen uh, like what we had seen of the first season. Mm-hmm. Uh, this mostly being addressed to me because considering you clearly have seen all the Star Treks. I have not, but I did watch the first season. Yeah. And specifically, they asked about the first episode, which was also, um, dare I say, just as kind of like preachy and just as kind of like unsubtle um, as I guess this past episode was, mm-hmm. with episode two, uh, and which uh, I, I, I have seen it. 
and my thoughts on it were uh, pretty much the same, even though we weren't podcasting at that time. Mm -hmm. I do want to mention that being the first episode, when you introduced Star Trek to me and we didn't know what Strange New Worlds was going to be, I was like, oh no, like smiling through gritted teeth, like, oh, this is going to be great, Shannon, Mm -hmm. because I... Technically, did not like that first episode. It's mm-hmm. the it's my least favorite of the season because as the season gets going, after that, I enjoyed the rest of the season. Sure, uh, but that first episode is very kind of on the nose uh, in terms of what it's trying to address, and I'm like, I don't. It, it didn't work for me mm-hmm. in the same way that the last episode didn't work for me, mm-hmm. and. Uh, which leads me to believe again that maybe there's like a reshuffle in like the order of some of these episodes and that maybe episode two was going to be the first episode of the season uh, before uh, Anson Mount had to go have his baby and do paternal leave. Yeah. Uh, and which may, I guess leads me to believe that every season we're going to get like this kind of on the nose, very upfront, very, I guess, earnest episode of how, like, you know, how do we fix the world kind of thing, you yeah, know, perhaps <laughs> every perhaps. season, just that, like the very first episode is going to be that. So it, it Star Trek Strange New Worlds does wear its heart on its sleeve mm-hmm. at times. Um, and it's one of those things that as a writer and filmmaker, I do have problems with, but then as a, a, a fan of these characters, and the show I get really enamored with, you mm-hmm. know, uh, and the ones that try to touch too much on societal things as opposed to interpersonal things. I kind of am like, ah, it's yeah. just not as nuanced or as I'd like it to be. Right. You know, right. It's like if you enjoy those uh, episodes and you like what it has to say, then great. Mm-hmm. I think that's. That's awesome. It's not that I disagree with what they have to say. It's right. just the way right. that they go about it. Uh, sometimes I'm like, this isn't, it's not, it doesn't, I don't think it's going to actually win people over who believe the other way is my saying. You know, sure. that's what I'm saying. It's like, if you really want to change hearts and minds, I feel like you got to do it in a smarter way. And not to say it's not smart, but just, you know, it only, it's, you know, echo chambers, is is what it is and I was like mm-hmm. I don't want to be in an echo chamber you know so right that's just kind of what yeah even though I do love to hear myself talk hey you know what is I like to hear you talk too um yeah okay do you want to chitty chat briefly about what we have been watching this week uh yeah we caught up on secret invasion and a couple of episodes of Black Mirror. Mm-hmm. I will say of Secret Invasion, we've seen two episodes. Uh, the second one, I have been working really hard, so I, I was falling asleep. It was it was a tough episode to get through. Um, I there I I've been listening to people talk about Secret Invasion. I think it's really interesting if they stay the course and kind of really make this a different type of show. They could really mm-hmm. do some really cool things. It's only six episodes long. Oh really? I believe it's only yeah, it's only six episodes, and and it it, it is moving pretty slow in that sense. So uh, I it's hard to judge anything about mm-hmm. Secret Invasion until we kind of get it as a whole. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I think it's you're a right. weird kind of 
kind of medium. The, uh, all the actors I'm really, really in, enjoying yeah. them doing them thing, their thing, you know? It I, feels like a very different Marvel show, though. I, <clears throat> um, it's not, the concept is interesting, but the episodes are not hooking me. I fell asleep during both the first and the second we're, episode. We're watching them late. So it's, I don't are, think it's like the episode's fault. I just want to outline. I think we're just watching them pretty late. I think for me, it's the episode isn't landing for me because just for example, the first night when we watched the episode one, I fell asleep during episode one, thought I was so tired. I couldn't keep my eyes open and would want to go to bed. And then we put dropout on. Um, actually, we watched um, actually, and I was awake for the full 41 minute episode with like no tiredness so i think um i'm not saying the episodes are bad they just do definitely it's a it's a slow pace and unless your brain is like fully activated and you're ready to to stay engaged in that nuance i think it's easy to lose you so you're probably half right it's timing too but they are two very uh slow burning episodes and now that i know there are only six episodes in the whole season um i think it's going to be something i just want to sit down with and then decide how I feel about it. Yeah. It's a lot of talking too. So again, it's not a whole lot of action and there's a lot of merit to it. What do you know of the secret invasion? I'm assuming nothing. Absolutely nothing. Uh, uh, so this is, um, I believe one of the second, the second biggest like event that they've, uh, covered in the Marvel cinematic universe. The Mm -hmm. first being civil war. Um, Mm -hmm. and these two kind of events are like, uh, all, like all hands on deck comic events, like multiple issues across multiple storylines, across multiple characters. Oh. Cause you know, comics are normally like you get it issues of Spider-Man and that he's doing his story and issues of Iron Man. He's doing his story. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And they, and there's different arcs and stuff going on in there and they don't usually interact. Mm-hmm. Right. Unlike the Marvel cinematic universe where they're always interacting and stuff. And that usually is saved. You know, you see people cross over all the time. But like most of the time, there's like, again, one character doing their their thing. Mm-hmm. And then there's an all encompassing like event that will happen usually starts in like one comic it ends up affecting all the others. And it was, the, again, this idea that scrolls uh, uh, in some Avengers comic, I believe, like someone died and then it was revealed to be a scroll. And oh. then I think over the course of many, many comics and many, many different uh, uh, iterations of things or variations because of uh, it was going into this comic and then this comic and then, you know, and then culminating into like a huge event over months. uh, You learned like what scrolls have been up to and then like who, what superheroes have been scrolls this whole time and things like that. Like it's, it's a huge kind of thing that happens. So this is like, this show is supposed to be setting the like framework for future movies. Okay. Presumably. Yeah. You know, yeah. You're going to see this come out. So like, this is not something that you like, I, I, I kind of enjoy them taking their time if they're going to do it right. Sure. You know? Yeah. Um, because it is like an important event because we're going to be learning. Like there's even, there's, I think you're supposed to technically be wondering as soon as you've learned that in the second episode that scrolls have been around for a while, there's lots of them. There's a lot of them. And things like that. You're supposed to be wondering, wait, who here is a scroll? Mm-hmm. Including maybe Don Cheadle, 
Joe's character or mm-hmm. the president or whatever, you know, like these characters you keep introducing, like that haven't been revealed. Are they a scroll? Has Nick Fury been a scroll this whole time? Like we don't, mm-hmm. you know, we probably not Nick Fury, but these are the kinds of questions you'll be asking. And then they'll probably end it off on some sort of like cliffhanger where going into the next movies, like, Oh wow. Mm. Now who else is like been a scroll this out. whole time? Yeah. Yeah. Um, in the next movie or whatever. So interesting stuff. If you're into comic books, I was, I don't read comics. So that was something that like passed me by. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, those, I, that's one of those things where I feel like, if I was a comic book fan, those kinds of events, even though I think they used to happen less frequently or rarely, they happen more frequently now. People cross over a lot and do those kinds of things. If I was a comic book fan, I would love that kind of stuff. Like yeah. that kind of that that justifies like a medium that is just like really cool mm-hmm. kind of things happen in that sense. That seems like a really cool way to um just enjoy comics. And if you're not a part of it, like you miss out, you know? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, interesting stuff. I, I, I really love that. Cool. Um, so looking forward to see where that goes. Um, we watched two episodes of black mirror. Uh, black mirror is great. I love black mirror. Uh, uh, two very, very interesting episodes. I don't know if we want to, we could deep dive, I guess, into it, like both of them, but there's not really too much to say. I think we're just, we love both the episodes. I kind of watch Black Mirror as like I take them for what they are. I don't like they're yeah. they they raise conversations and stuff, but those are the again for me. It's uh, um, as with like any anthology kind of series. Like I don't beyond just saying like I liked it or didn't like it with each episode. Uh, Diving into it would would just t- be a whole other conversation. You Absolutely, know? So, <laughs> yeah, like, and honestly, a little bit existential too. Black Mirror makes you think about, you know, not just like your relationship to others, but your relationship to self. Like, what are the what's the fabric of your reality? Like, Black Mirror can get me into a really uh, deep crevice of of feelings and content. So yeah, that's definitely a, a whole different conversation, I think. But on the surface. Uh, still super fucked up, still, I think really good. And I would argue that this season seems to be coming on uh, a little bit stronger and with a little more of a punch than I would say the last season did for me. I'm really enjoying these episodes. And the next one that we're going to be watching is uh, the one with Aaron Paul in it. And I love Aaron Paul, uh, you know, not a hot take, but I do really like things that Aaron Paul is in often. So I'm excited to see like what weird episode he's going to be a part of Mm -hmm. next. Uh, we also watched, what was it? Episode three, four of the idol three. I don't know. Again, there's only like five episodes of that one too. So like, oh, yeah, which is so weird. <laughs> we're behind and we're behind by like an episode. Yeah. So, um, so we're, so we, you know, we're still, we're still keeping along with that. That also generates a lot of feelings and opinions. In my opinion, still not a good show, but, uh, in a really weird way, I kind of like, what it makes me think about. So then I'm like, oh no, is it doing what it's set out to do by making me like have these strong reactions and strong opinions to things that I'm watching happen on the screen? Well, I didn't expect we were going to revisit it. I thought that was the end of our journey into the idol is because you were just crying from frustration, I guess, like the last episode. So I'm like, I don't know if, if we're not like, if it's not, 
if we hate it and then also it's making you cry, like then I don't want yeah, you to I watch mean, it anymore. I, I'm definitely not enjoying it at all. Then, what, then I don't know. I don't know. I just, you know, I, I was crying because I was imagining, if you guys haven't seen the, the third episode, like the Lily Rose Depp's character has like a huge mother wound and she deals with like abuse at the hands of her primary caretaker. And then this man comes into her life and exploits that and makes her think that it's like a gift that he's doing that. And that's so I could cry right now. Like that's so dark. And that is a thing that happens to people. And unfortunately people that sometimes have experienced abuse in their past are more likely to like fall into those sort of relationships because it's what they know. And that's why abusers can keep perpetuating the cycle is because they find people that like cling to them. And I just, yeah, I just thought that was so dark and, and, and really, yeah, I didn't, I, it made me very uncomfortable. I didn't like it at all. But again, it's like, if the show is making me think about what that feels like and what people who go through that must feel like and what they experience, then is the show doing its job at pointing a finger at like the dark things that can happen? Uh, or is it just a shitty show? I think it's just a shitty show, but yeah, it's a little dark. I wouldn't mind. I kind of want to, I just want to know now, you know what I mean? If there's only five episodes, we're more than halfway through. I mean, through. that's up to you. Like if it were up to me, I feel like we should just stop. Cause if you're not liking it and yeah. then it's making you feel this way, so then you're just putting yourself through pain for like, like misery. No reason. Yeah. Maybe like, that's just, that's just again, it, torture porn or whatever you want to call it. Um, like, yeah. It's not, it might be morbid curiosity. And then that, is making me wonder who am I as a viewer too. If I keep saying like, I don't like the show. It makes me uncomfortable. I don't like it. I don't like it. And then I keep returning to it. It's like, am I just playing into the hands of what they thought the audience was going to want in the first place? I feel like I would have no problem if I never revisited. Like <laughs> I would not miss anything. Okay. So I mean, uh, or I can watch it on my own or it, I don't think you need to watch it, but like, mm. like because if you want to, I guess let me know. Yeah. So okay. Well, yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk about I it later. I don't think that any of anyone in our audience needs to go see the idol if no. they haven't seen it yet. Nah. I don't think it's. I don't think it's worth it. So that's. I think maybe the last time we'll probably talk about it, unless you really end up loving it after five episodes, <laughs> which last one I think would be premiering this Sunday. So okay. Um, I'm more interested in F1 because it's a race weekend and the Red Bull yeah. Ring, and uh, we don't talk about F1 much here. Uh, uh, you know, there's enough podcasts talking about F1 and, and, you know, that's not really content. That's just racing. But, uh, I'm, you know what? I'm kind of excited for the racing this, this week. Um, a lot of the things are pretty, um, predictable or whatever, as it has been every, mm -hmm. every time this week. But again, looking at how close F1, if you don't know, guys, this fast car is going fast and, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, in this case, um, the qualifying session we had today, they're all separate. The entire grid, besides a few times where like laps got invalidated um, and you were stuck with like a slow lap for mm -hmm. your time. The times that people put in like the entire grid of 20 race cars are separated by a second, less than a second. Uh, that's like how fast they're going and that within a second, they're all crossing the line you know basically mm -hmm, they're all mm -hmm. within it's like it's it's tough racing so i'm I, i'm curious what this race can do. it's just a fast track too but uh it, it's gonna be hopefully gonna be a fun uh weekend for racing but who knows well i guess quick plug then the way that matias got me into f1 was by watching drive to survive on netflix so i guess if you guys are looking for more content you want to know what the hell we're talking about 
maybe uh maybe start there if you have time yeah maybe we'll start an f1 podcast who knows uh <laughs> racing um want to know what to call that call it codependent circles uh anyway <laughs> vroom <laughs> going right yeah the podcast um and i think i think that's it although i will say also looking ahead i am very excited to see the movie joyride and i am even more excited to see mission impossible in so many, two weeks so many movies are coming out and like so many reviews for things i think a lot of people have seen uh dead reckoning and that sounds amazing i'm gonna have to figure out because i realized now that I'm working in an office every day for maybe this month and <laughs> I need to make sure I like let them know that because I, I scheduled an IMAX screening at 3 p.m. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have to I'm going to have to find a way to like get home, get you and go back to Universal. Mm-hmm. So you can yep. watch watch Dead Reckoning. Um, yeah, one of our favorite franchises. I've heard good things, but there's so much stuff we're like missing. We, we uh warrior season three dropped yeah we still haven't <laughs> watched a single episode uh there's just so much like I, we need to watch a bear we need to watch warrior uh we need to catch up on black mirror there's just mm-hmm. so much so much content and then i'm working uh and when i'm not when i'm not working you're working so yes it's um uh because she has the weird hours and I have like normal hours, yeah, uh, which is how personal training is. You just have often. I, I might have weird hours, but that's just long. Yeah, like when you're on it. when you're on set. When he's doing like last week, he was so busy. He would leave at like seven a.m. in the morning, work all day, come home at eight o'clock at night, and then do more work on the computer. So we literally didn't see each other last week. And then yeah, when he works his like more normal office job from what ten to six or whatever the fuck i'm like cool so i work in the morning from seven to ten and then you have work from ten to six and then i work from six to like 8 30 so yep there's it is there's our schedule if anyone was curious but uh, yeah i think that's all the all the content that we've been trying to consume or overwhelmed by not consuming does that about wrap it up yeah i have a four-day weekend so besides catching up on work hopefully we can catch up on some shows too yeah so, uh we'll see so yeah that's 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 what we've been doing. That's what we, we've been consuming this week. Um, uh, yeah, so that, I believe, brings us to our discussion of Star Trek Strange New Worlds, episode three, tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. Yeah. If you're new to the podcast, this is your spoiler warning. We don't hold back on spoilers. We do discuss things um, kind of chronologically, and we'll go through the episode, and we do try and give our general thoughts at the beginning. But... We're not necessarily holding back on spoilers. So if you haven't seen the episode and you want to see the episode before listening to the discussion, you should probably check out now, put this on pause, come back to it later. That's the beauty of podcasts. So <laughs> go do that. Uh, in the meantime, Shannon, do you, uh, let's start this off with, do you have any timeline moments that, you know, the thing that you go back, you could change you you have one one thing. Where is it? Where are you going? What is it? In my life or yes. in general? Yeah, oh my yeah, god! Yeah. If oh you can god. change the entire timeline, if what I are you could doing? change, you don't have that one moment. Yeah, if I could change, and it's it's really probably kind of stupid. Uh, if I could change, just go keep back, in mind, you'd probably never meet me or Nero or Ariel. Okay, well then, never mind. My timeline's perfect. Um, <laughs> no, what I would what I would go back and do dead ass 
When I was six years old, I was helping my mom move rocks uh, like from the garden so we could plant a garden. And she put a handful in my hand, told me to bring them down by the pool. And she told me not to run with them. Reader, I ran with them and I fell down and I knocked my two front teeth out. Mm -hmm. I was a baby, so it didn't quite matter. So they put them back in. Why would they? I have no idea, but <laughs> but I remember they put them back in and that was step one of why I'm terrified of the dentist now. Sure. A couple days later, I'm in dance class. I knock my teeth against the bar. They come out again. That's step two. I go back to the dentist. They're like, they're baby teeth. You're just going to have no two front teeth for like two years. I have no tooth front teeth for two years until my adult teeth grow in. Mm -hmm. And then after a night of watching Finding Nemo in theaters with Jerry Adkins, if you're listening to this, shout out to you. We went back to her house for a sleepover. We were blowing up a blow up, one of those blow up like jelly chairs. She flipped over it, kicked me into the mouth and knocked my front tooth out, which is why now my front teeth are fake and I I hate them. And the dentist makes me so uncomfortable. So if I could go back in time, I would never knock my teeth out in the first place. And I would have a healthy smile and a healthy relationship with the dentist. Thank you. Interesting. What about you, Matias? What would and you go back would, to change? And then we would never meet because uh, your your smile would be like so glaringly perfect, I guess. That that I would that already be rich would, and famous. Yeah. They would be like her. You would be married to Tom Cruise or something. Oh, right. yeah. I'm a child bride? No. <laughs> He, you know, he has fake teeth, you know, so he would love that your teeth would be so perfect. So real and that, so perfect. Yeah. So white and straight and healthy. You'd be doing your own stunts now. And that, that'd God be, damn it, yeah, you're right. See, <laughs> see that's just one little thing. Just change the course of my life. Well, obviously, I'd go back and kill my own grandfather. A really smart choice, yeah. honestly. Especially yeah. I have that device that keeps the timeline changing for me, you know. Which is, is what, super which is convenient what Lon for you. has. Yeah. yeah. So you could, you just, yeah, I don't. I don't need my uh, grandfather. Um, I don't really know him or what he did. Oh but, I mean, uh, but you know what? It's it's about time. That's a joke. It's a joke because that's what she. That was a dilemma she was oh given. Oh my god! That's what she would do. I'm dead. That's funny. No, really though. Do you have a moment in your life you'd be like, mm, maybe this? Nah, I think I always said that. If I were to go do anything, I feel like my life trajectory would have been completely different had I uh, not joined the military and I just like went to New York and maybe pursued like musical theater or something. Um, but that would have been a completely different life just because like maybe I would have been doing more with my time and like mm -hmm. not been such a late bloomer and things. And, you know, I would have just struggled. But I also feel like that would have been a bad like move for me like financially and as a like person like I probably would have just delved into drugs and musical women I guess <laughs> you know? oh yeah you would have been a hot commodity to us musical been, uh, women you it, get a straight guy in there and it's fucking over it just it just probably would have been bad I don't I don't know I don't know you, you would have laid a lot that feels like respectfully okay well then yeah let's change that let's uh <laughs> And you know what? Even in that timeline, that's, I still you know probably would have met you in no, New York. Let's go back. You would have been a problem. You would have been that like 35 year old man that's so still you, walking around with a 20 something. For you, it's doing your own stunts. And for me, it's getting laid by a bunch of um, women in, like in the chorus dancers. line. Yeah. Go after all the dance. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah. that's not going <laughs> to. That doesn't matter. You heard it here. It doesn't matter to us.
at all. Uh, but that's it. That's uh, that's our that's our timeline fixes. Uh, that's because there's nothing embarrassing or anything that I would change. But yeah, you know, I don't I don't have anything that's like oh so traumatic that like I need this yeah. to like be gone. You know, mm-hmm. which I guess is what Laon is dealing with in this time travel episode. Another classic. You had courtroom drama one episode, and then time travel episode. Dead ass, Shannon. I know. Uh, time travel episodes are hard now because I feel like we're inundated with like m- the multiverse things, and then time travel sagas mm-hmm. like all over the place. Um, so it, it it can be hard to do. I'm surprised it actually went this route because I, I think nowadays it's harder to please people mm-hmm. with a time travel thing. And also like you're opening up just a whole can of worms yeah. with stuff. Did this episode work for you? I, I think that um, as a whole, mm-hmm. there's like a lot, cause even from the outset, it kind of felt like one of those things where like you're, you're going to tell me like, this is all kind of a dream kind of thing, you know, mm-hmm. like where it's like, it may have happened or may not have happened, right? Mm-hmm. There really isn't, not a whole lot happens in this episode, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a fun excursion uh, uh, doing a time travel episode. I can see the appeal, you know, bringing these people from the future into the past. I mean, Star Trek has done it a lot. I mean, it's part of what the original series, like, uh, what, movie four they go back just, everyone to goes save, back in time, to save yeah. the whales, you know? So, like, it's, I can see the appeal of wanting to do that, especially when you have Vulcans involved and things like that, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, in this case, no Vulcans were harmed or involved in, in the making of this time travel episode. Um, we just get a brief glimpse of Spock and that's, that's it. That's not true. A lot of Vulcans were harmed because they're at war with the Romulans. So, it's a, it's a, they're, a whole lot of them are dying, apparently, <laughs> including a whole lot of Earthlings. Actually, Earth is a hell's cape. So uh, <laughs> apparently, so th- th- there's a lot of people that were harmed in this in this time travel episode. Just mm-hmm. not just off screen. We just didn't see. We it. just don't <laughs> need to care about them. Um, uh, but yeah, overall, this is a again for me better than the preachy episode, mm-hmm. uh, and we're going more in a, tur- a direction that I'm loving. There are still problems that I have with it, mm-hmm. but overall, I I thought it was a a fun episode. And if you're fans of Lon or Kirk, then this should be also a fun episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think? Time travel. I like the episode because I like Star Trek and it's very difficult for me to find a Star Trek that I don't like or enjoy in some capacity. I really loved spending time with Laon in a different capacity than we usually see her. And I'm excited to dive into her emotional state and well-being as we talk about the episode. But I will say this has been my least favorite episode so far. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's partially because I really do love lore, mm-hmm. obviously. But in in time travel episodes, it's almost like a, a holodeck episode where it's like nothing here 
that's actually happening matters. It's more about the character development, sure, which is yeah. totally fine and holds so much merit. But I also, as a longstanding Star Trek fan, really enjoy seeing how these pieces start to lead into things that we already know about. And that actually leads me into something I would like to discuss either now or later in the podcast, which is like, who is Star Trek for, especially as we come into these new iterations? Are we catering to fans and fan service and trying to engage with the people who have already fallen in love with the series? Or are we trying to capture a new audience? Because I think the way you keep those two things are two different um, game plans. Yeah, let's talk about the episode because I feel like we can answer that based on what this episode was trying to do, Mm -hmm. you know, and then and then see if they succeeded or failed, I guess. And and so we'll save that um, for like a a kind of a concluding, I think, question. Cool. You know, remember that. So let's just kind of jump into the episode, give a little brief overview of what it is and and, then talk about the things we liked, didn't like what's going on. Um, So we start off with... um, well, we do a recap, I should say. Like, it, like that feels like the recap is super important with uh, it very much specifically just about La'an mm-hmm. and uh, her struggles in the first season specifically. Because there's really nothing except for the courtroom scene and them reminding us that she is La'an, Noonien Singh. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of this flashback came from the first season where she is struggling with, I guess, being an augment mm-hmm. and uh, hating augments and uh, learning that uh, Una is an augment, you know, a lot of stuff that I kind of actually forgot about, you know, where mm-hmm. she stood with Una at that time and like why she was so mad about that kind of stuff. Um, so great that they reminded us um Though I wish they had done that before, I guess, Una's episode, you know? Yeah. Uh, and uh, at the same time, um, a, a lot of it, well, first off, you called it, like, technically last week, that the whole Noonien Singh calling out Khan thing mm-hmm. was going to get uh Bring brought up. This is going to be a major thing mm-hmm. in the season. I didn't expect it to be like next episode, you know? Right. Like we, we are leaning into like Khan, something about Khan and her lineage is going to be like constantly keep getting brought up. So you, you definitely called that at the same time. I felt like none of the stuff that was brought up in the recap actually had any bearing on the episode whatsoever. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I would argue the <clears throat> only thing, um, is is how deeply just the reminder that she's been struggling with the fact that she doesn't feel uh like good and that she feels that judgment and like the weight of her lineage. Mm-hmm. I think just the fact that that was brought up, that's something that I definitely want to touch on as we dive into this episode of just like, hey, we touched on this in the previous episode that Laon has feelings, but don't forget she's mentioned this at multiple points, so come take this journey with her now when we actually show you the depth of what she's capable of feeling. Because I feel like earlier in season one, we just get little sprinkles and little hints of like really the deep waters that are in her. Mm-hmm. So we catch up with La'an doing her security work and so cute. she is uh, berating or kind of questioning. Um, God, what is her name? I forgot. I remembered it yesterday. 
or lanthanite. Oh, Pelia. Pelia, uh, for having stolen artifacts aboard the ship, which she believes is not stolen artifacts. She's had them for God knows how many years. Hundreds of years, you yeah. Know, they're, they're like hers, and then they're probably fake as well, so they can stop calling. Also, the Louvre is still calling about this painting that she's had for hundreds of years. Like, come on. Like, we have but, a space version of you the know, Louvre. bring it up with the captain or whatever. You know, she's she's kind of going through the motions, I guess, you know? I like and, the also the fact that she uh, has to bring the noise complaint to Spock. Oh, that yeah, I forgot about that. Which is so funny, and Great. even Peck is like, Great yes. little callback to, again, he is still practicing his little sitar Vulcan thing. Loot. You know, yep. his Vulcan lute, uh, uh, still doing that math. Um, <laughs> as therapy. Going to therapy, as it were, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that was brought up in the first episode. So, you know, I love that, that like, he's still doing it, but also maybe doing it a little too aggressively. <laughs> he's just really feeling his feels. He's rocking out. Yeah. He's doing that. <laughs> but also... How do these, like, this is the Enterprise. Like, they don't have, like, soundproof walls at this point that, like, is he playing that loud? Uh, Again, when we, (laughs) I don't know if it was a sound issue on our TV end or whatever, but, like, when he was playing in the first episode, it wasn't really playing that loud. Like, it was so quiet I could barely hear it. And so you think that, what does he have to be doing to (laughs) be be getting a noise complaint? My only thing is I wonder if he's playing at, like, inappropriate times perhaps like the noise complaint is because i can hear your gentle music through the walls at two o'clock in the morning when i have to be up in four hours for deck duty like yeah maybe something like that um something i now want to question do you think pelia remembered meeting laon no so you think that was just to, it was just happenstance. The writer said so, so Laon so would know to go find her in the past. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, for sure. And if she did remember, I mean, maybe it can come up or whatever, but when we introduced this, I don't even know what it's called, time variance authority, which is the, the, the Loki version of it. Um, you know, like if they exist, they would know what Pelia knows. And so if they, if she, Pelia does know, they would allow it, but Pelia would never be able to say, you know, things right, like that. Right. And so it's, it's a good, but again, that happened in another timeline. So I highly doubt that that is a thing here, but maybe it is. Maybe it could be. It might, it might you know, I'm not saying that's necessarily true either, I feel like but it, it could would be, be fun. I feel like if we had gotten like some weird knowing look from Pelia, like later yeah. on the, on the bridge when, they're talking to her and she shows up, you know, mm-hmm. like at the very end, I feel like if she just like gave a little wink or something, I like that, yeah. that would be like, like, Oh, she knows. But, um, uh, otherwise it's, I don't think it's yeah. I don't think just it really the writer said so. Yeah. So Lon could find them. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. So doing that thing, she's going through the motions. She has a little fighting sparring session with Mbenga Mbenga. and, uh, who is apparently good at everything. <laughs> My man. Uh, we saw how good of a fighter he was in the first episode. And now not only is he a good fighter, he's training the person that should be good at fighting, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so doctor fighter, what can he not do? You know, yeah. and he can. He's a psychiatrist like he can or physician or what? I know he says physician, but like, like, does he say psychiatrist? He says, like, you should talk to your 
your person, which yeah. is him, yeah. Yeah, 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 <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. about what she's feeling with. So he can give therapy yeah. as well. So, you know, this guy's a well-rounded individual, strong, yeah. smart, and has feelings, you know, yeah. so. He tries to navigate Spock's emotions. Now he's working with Laon's emotions. He must be really good at dealing with people that build up walls so they don't have to feel things. Truly the, the most like the anchor character triple for the- <laughs> threat honestly <laughs> and do we need anyone else like who should be running the ship probably manga probably in vega <laughs> uh yeah he's great and and we get our first little taste at a recurring theme for laon which is loneliness hidden through distance and aggression mm-hmm uh, we also uh the thing that happens that we always love happening in our media is the women fall you know they just they just trip they do the thing. <laughs> I she, mean, she didn't he did, trip. He did he use he did use her energy against her. But like <laughs> again, women cannot stay on their feet in he in our her. media. Is a is a running joke in our household <laughs> of how and and Shannon's just mad that I called it out. So that's all right. No, I'm not. I'm not mad. I just. She was thrown. <laughs> There's an excuse. Okay, we're justifying it. It's but not still- like Kate running through the woods and lost, just falling over nothing. Well, right. Anne was thrown. But, but usually but, it's like, okay. you know, if we want to show like strong woman character, yeah. she's the one doing the like tossing right. and like, oh, you thought you had me kind of thing. But like, yeah. you know, this is to show how much of a not not put together she is or mm-hmm. unfocused right. or whatever, yep. you know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. They have They have to fall. You know, for character development. <laughs> for character development. This is the equivalent of fridging uh, in <laughs> the male side, you know? <laughs> Bro. <laughs> oh, my God. We got to yeah, sacrifice yeah, yeah. one of our own for the, yeah. the good of all womankind. Yep. Uh, so, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> uh, yeah, any, any more thoughts on the, the sparring scene, I guess, that was going through your mind? No, just... Uh, the fact that we touch on that loneliness immediately, he calls it out in her. And I was like, yep, we're going to delve into Again, that. Again, very on the nose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if only we could look at another human being and be like, uh, and call out You're the sad. exact thing. Yeah. That they- <laughs> you should really talk about that thing. And she's like, what? Your loneliness. You know, like, okay. <laughs> and she's like, back the fuck up. I need you to hold on right now. <laughs> Yeah, I came here to punch some things, not to. <laughs> I came here to fight, not to feel. Put that on her epitaph because that's her right now. Until I would argue, we get such a great arc with her that that is how she starts this episode, and it is not where she ends this episode. True. At all. Yeah. No, so, she does, but she, uh, but she can't tell anyone. Mm. Mm, <laughs> mm, yeah, because <laughs> it never happened. Uh, okay. Poor girl. Uh, you know, moving on, she she's doing her rounds. She's in the hallway, and lo and behold, some guy in a suit just just some guy beams in. Uh, uh, he's from the past mm-hmm. or the future. He was an agent. Mm-hmm. And he's, you know, he's got a device and he, the first person he finds, uh, he's like, you gotta, you gotta solve this thing. You gotta no, solve. No, it, it, it could have been anyone, you know, it could have been Mbenga, you know, someone who probably would have been really good at this apparently, yeah. <laughs> but instead had to find this person who's, who's not willing, you know, mm-hmm. the reluctant hero as mm-hmm. it were. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah. Thoughts on setting up this I just, again, fine. Like, this episode, to me, I don't 
so much care about the plot. It feels very, is heavy handed the right word? Like the way we set up the fact that La'an is lonely, the way that we put her into this situation, the things that we deal with when they get to Toronto, like none of that feels particularly groundbreaking or thoughtful or cutting edge, but it's the journey that she takes that I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'll just deal with it because we did have to set up this place for her. Yeah. So yeah, like of course, of course this random person is going to number one, beam onto the enterprise because we're the enterprise who, whatever ship you're going to beam onto accidentally. Uh, but also that of course he's going to find Laon Noonien Singh to deal with something that's happening with the Noonien Sung Academy. So, you know, sure. Um, so we, <laughs> Uh, this is, this is, uh, reminding me something that I want to mention, like of all the things about this episode, this makes me miss 22, 24 episode seasons because I feel like if we, if we weren't stuck with this new fangled streaming 10 episode season arc kind of thing, uh, we would appreciate this episode so much more. Absolutely. If we had 22 episodes of dealing with this crew or whatever, like this would be, I don't, I don't want to call this filler, but this is one of those episodes where like, we, we only have 10 episodes here. Like we got to like the, some things need to happen. And then we're just only going to focus on one character here. It's like, if we had 22 episodes, that'd be great. Cause we get that time. Mm-hmm. We'd love that time, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but this is, uh, a, we're dealing with a different kind of, uh, um, I guess, uh, content the way that we're yeah. get, getting delivered it and distributing it and producing it and streaming and all this kind of stuff. It, it's just, I, I miss that. I wish we could go back to that. And I, I know that we're dealing with a writer's strike right now and there's a whole lot of, which is still going on. We haven't brought it up in a while, but it's still happening. Actors are going to strike soon. It's going to be great. Uh, and, <laughs> and it's going to be great in having like discussions. I've been listening to writers talk about it like one of the biggest things is going from 22 episode seasons where you're going to be on for like an entire year or whatever, just writing stuff and like continue going throughout the season mm-hmm. to only 10 episodes and you, where you were working for months to a year. Now you're like working for only 10 weeks or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then like your, your shift stops as they start filming, you know, which didn't used to happen. You used to be writing yeah. the whole way through the season. So I feel like, with what's being asked for and what we're re-examining with did streaming work, you know, mm-hmm. maybe we might be going back to that, but I just want to say like ah, some a, a show like this could really benefit from just more episodes. Yeah. You know, I agree. and I wish we didn't have to limit it. I wish for some reason, um, I, you know, it could be budget, whatever. There's a whole lot that goes into it, including like, um, a really good explosion in my opinion in this, like there's some good effects mm-hmm. work in here uh, in this episode. And so, yeah, there's, there's a whole lot that I guess makes sense budget wise to kind of truncate it. But I do wish we allowed ourselves to like, we we're not tied to having only 10 episodes. Why not expand right. it to however many we want? You right. know, I don't think so. that, and I know you're not saying this. I don't think every type of show needs 24 episodes um i think some series really do work in a more limited sort of engagement yeah but absolutely who's to say like 
that 10 was the moneymaker, especially with a show that is such an ensemble cast where you get the joy of spending time with each individual person. Why not 16 episodes, if not a full 24? Like, mm-hmm. why not just give us a, a, a little bit more time to spend and like play in this world instead of here's 10. And of course, we're going to tell the story. But like. Yeah, 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 I'm a, I agree with you. I agree with you 100 percent. Yeah. So. That's her thoughts on that. That's what you've reminded me of us. But she, you know, she gets this device. Mm-hmm. It uh, goes her time. She's being told to go to the bridge, take it to the bridge or find the bridge. Go whatever, to the bridge. And know? where does she go? To the bridge. To the bridge. Of course, this ends up being, a. I mean, any person who's watched time travel episodes or probably Star Trek or anything of this genre nature knows that what he just said probably isn't what. He, he meant. meant or what she took it as, you know, mm-hmm. um, but that's where she goes. And she runs into not Captain Pike, but uh, Shannon, your favorite captain. No, Picard's your favorite captain. <laughs> this is a very nuanced discussion. And if you want to have it, we'll have it. But uh, but you got excited. So, oh, so what happens here? You know, we get to uh, we get to see Captain James Tiberius Kirk sitting at the helm of the Enterprise and I really... Where he belongs, do you think? or Does he belong on the bridge of the yeah, Enterprise? Yeah, what do you think? He absolutely belongs on the bridge I of the Enterprise. I so. like, what? <laughs> oh my God. What? I don't know. Wait, do you mean like Kirk generally or this iteration of Kirk that I we're I mean, meeting? honestly, everything I've seen of Kirk, he probably should not be running a ship. To be Kirk fair. <laughs> runs a great ship. He cares about all of his fucking crewmates. Now, Pike... Great captain. Mike is also a great captain. <laughs> Honestly. Okay, here we go. Here we go. You opened it. We're going to do captain talk right now before we continue with the episode. That's the chapter marker. Captain talk. Kirk. Yes. The OG. Uh-huh. Right? Mm-hmm. You don't have any other captain. Although, I will be fair. I, I changed my mind. Pike is the OG, but he had one episode. And then we scrapped Pike for Kirk. So Kirk, first captain. Great charisma like balls to the wall fits in the line of like a utopian society but ultimately still doesn't quite play by the rules so he's the good bad guy he's the guy you can root for that's always going to do what's best for the team even if it means like going against an authority figure we all love a baddie right and then you have picard who is very much rule regulation like order um and, and he brings so much care and authenticity to the role that's so different from Kirk. Mm-hmm. Then you have like Janeway, right? The first woman captain who also has a completely different take mm-hmm. on what being a captain means. Captain Sisko, totally different on Deep Space Nine because he's the captain of a space station and not an exploratory ship. So the way that he interacts with people. But the through line of all these captains is a genuine love and loyalty to the people on your crew. And you always win when we're like winning together, when we're working together. So which captain is the best captain? It's so hard for me to decide because they're all good captains. And you know what? I'm going to say it. Captain Archer in Enterprise was an incredible captain. Also, I would argue a little more in line with like Pike, the way we're meeting Pike now. Kind of that scrappy, like we're ready to go. We're loyal. We're fun. We're like they're all just wonderful charismatic like they they believe in the best and they want to do the best that they can do so how do you choose the best captain when they all have arguably like the greatest qualities that starfleet brings out in you i how much of the characterization of kirk comes after the fact 
like how much of this was built into the original William Shatner character and how much of it is like other iterations and the way that, you know, they've kind of like characterized him after the fact. Cause I feel like a lot of that comes like not during the original series. There was a different captain. William Shatner is iconic. Sure. And he is the energy of Captain Kirk. I don't know how Kirk was written, but I'm a firm believer that Shatner got same, that role. It's the same for this iteration as well. It feel like it's the same. Yeah. Captain. Absolutely. Same, and like Chris Pine's captain sure. also feels like William Shatner's in, captain. In that sense, I hold true because <laughs> if anything that I know of like leadership and the way that I've uh, done things in the military and stuff like mm-hmm. that, there is absolutely no way that Captain Kirk is captaining an entire like ship. He's not the CEO. Uh, and especially because like I am. <laughs> In my own admission, especially the Chris Pine characterization and who I was at that time when that movie came out, mm-hmm. I was Captain Kirk. <clears throat> at least in that sense. Like, yeah. even my friends would be like, that's you. <laughs> when he when he sits in the chair and he's just there and you're like, I was like, no, that's completely you. And Do there's you- absolutely no way that I should be. Um, I I've come to the conclusion there's no way I should be ever captaining anything or being the like main leader of anything Mm -hmm. if i'm like a number one uh and still hold those same values and stuff like that and fighting for the crew and so you know and having that what you said all the values that he has Mm -hmm. then yes but i should not be making decisions (laughs) in that in the the huge decisions but like instead like the I, i work best in a in a different capacity yeah. and not the main leadership role. Mm-hmm. And so maybe that's just a personal belief, yeah. but also like I've never, there's no way he gets away with, he just like, he gets demoted. He, he would get demoted so many times. <laughs> well, here's why Captain Kirk and captains like that um, really work for me because in a way I would say that like Kirk, Archer, this Pike that we're meeting, mm-hmm. they're a little bit of a melting pot. So they have the ability to, I would say they're, they're a bard, right? They come in, they, LOL, but seriously, bear with me here. They're, they're like a bard. They can come in, they're charismatic. They kind of know how to interact with people, how to make people come together. They're able to be glue, but then ultimately they're taking in information from their Vulcan number one, their warrior, like chief of security, the linguistics, like they're able to take all that information, whereas Spock is very much here in his mindset and La'an is here in her mindset. Captains like Pike, Kirk, Archer are able to morph all of the best qualities of those people into something that makes a cohesive thing that other people can attach onto. And I think that's what makes a powerful captain quality. Are they all a little bit like uncouth? What's the word I'm looking for? Like unconventional? In some ways, definitely, absolutely. They're not your your stereotypical like button up, yes sir, yes ma'am, we're going to do everything by the book. But I think there is something to be said about someone, like I said, that can take in all that information and make the best plan Listen, of action. I l- love Star Trek for these captains. Oh yeah. Like I love Pike. I love Kirk. I'm just saying in real life. Okay. <laughs> there's yeah. absolutely no way he is. He's, I think he is, is just not. If you if we were like really if Starfleet really existed and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff, there's just absolutely no way, you know. I mean, he like what in in all of the movies that I've seen, like that ship. How how much does it cost to like 
repair the damage to that ship. You know what I'm saying? Like Ships these are damage. These are huge. Granted, I learned a lot about how Starfleet and the Federation works in this episode than I ne- than I did. Uh, uh, in any of the other episodes and the yeah. fact that like, well, we learned about the past is like, oh, they still work with currency and they're privately owned cars. Like, oh, okay. I think I'm understanding now. This is uh, uh, how things work, which is, is great. The utopia of, yeah. of the Federation, you know, yeah. where you don't have private ownership of cars. Yeah. You could just take whatever car you yeah. want kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. What's interesting. The, what interesting. Does, what does Pelia call it? The whole no money socialist utopia thing. Is that what she like, says later on? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, <laughs> she's like, funny. just in case the yeah, whole yeah. no money, blah, 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 doesn't work out. I'm like, yeah. that's that. Yeah, that's perfect. That's it's so funny. Hilarious. And it does show you. It's like, yep. Everything here. If we could be the absolute best version of ourselves, everything would work perfectly because we're all the best versions of ourselves. Yeah. So you kind of in that kind of like world, especially these kind of captains are, are get it, revered, you yes, know, they, you know, we, we like having that world. like imperfect person and, mm-hmm. you know, being in charge because it's their imperfectness that allows them to empathize with everyone else apparently, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah, it's storytelling. Great captains. Yeah. Uh, uh, real life, not great captains. What do you <laughs> think of this version of Kirk? Have we talked about that yet? This version of that? Kirk is very interesting to me. So something that I had mentioned the other night was that this is now the second time we've met Kirk mm-hmm. in strange new worlds, but in both times we meet Kirk, it has not been in like the current timeline. So we meet Kirk in episode 10 Mm -hmm. and that's in an alternate version of time where Pike never gives up command of the enterprise Mm -hmm. and Kirk is a captain of a different ship. Mm -hmm. So I had to Google that because I I wasn't sure about it and I had kind of forgotten what happened in season one, but it's just interesting. It's giving Paul Wesley, I think a little bit of playroom to figure out where his Kirk can live Um, Is he not playing Kirk on like Discovery or something? Is that not? I didn't watch Discovery. Okay, well. So I don't, I really don't know. But he was, he wasn't cast originally for Strange New World, right? He was cast for something else and they just kept the same Kirk, the same way they kept the same Spock. I actually don't know. I don't know if Kirk was on Discovery. You're the Star Trek. I know, but I didn't watch Discovery. Okay. Is Kirk on Discovery? I'm not sure. But I mean, regardless, um, the fact that in this episode, at the end, and we'll get there, we get to meet Kirk in our time, I think is super exciting because so far all the time we've spent with him, all two episodes were, I, I, no, I, I do think there is another part, another episode where he helps out with something. It's just like tangentially. Do you, is that not true? We like, we can reference him by name, but we only get to spend episode him. 10 with him mm. and this episode. Right. But I'm saying like, he's made that. I thought he made the cameo too before like that episode, but Maybe I'm wrong. Oh, well, okay. Uh, to be fair, if it is a cameo. In the same way that like he made the reference. It's not the first time we've seen him in, a t- in our current timeline. Right. So saying. it's like a gentle hello. But this the any sort of time we've spent with him has been outside of what I would call like the prime timeline. Um, so that's kind of fun. I do have something written. Give me a quick second. Uh, the ultimate version of Perk Kirk, blah, blah, blah. Um, he feels... You mentioned this, so I'm, I'll say this as a segue to pass it on to you. You mentioned, uh, do you think this episode was maybe written for Pike and then he went to have paternity leave and they just like subbed 
Kirkin. We should note again after the first episode, and we know that he went on paternity leave. That this is the third episode that sidelines Pike mm-hmm. almost completely. Mm-hmm. So I would assume that the first half of this is like very much written in the way that, like, for me, that was very Pike like, you know? It was and, then they, and then they threw in some like Kirk stuff, you know, mm-hmm. like, like that makes Kirk Kirk, you know? The, yeah. The, the, quips and the cars and the whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but there was like some, I guess, uh, uh, ways that he would kind of father Lon mm. and not romantically interest Lon, you know what I'm saying? Right, 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 <laughs> like, right. Uh, um, that felt like it could have probably been like, these lines were already written in a, in a different capacity, you know? Mm-hmm. And then they just changed it when they realized that they need to change it. But right. I, I don't know. Maybe it always was Kirk because there are other parts of it that feel like that we're always there. Right. The same way that they rewrote other things that felt like they were maybe always there. I don't know. Yeah. In the other episodes. So who who the hell knows? Right. But did you have answers or more things? To say? I don't know. I don't no, have answers. Yeah. I just wanted to see how you felt about that. It's a springboard. Cool. I mean, I had one more question about this Kirk and I mean, in comparison to it, because you never really answered what you thought of. Uh, 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 this Kirk, you know, in terms of, oh, of, of uh, like who he is. Yeah, this this Kirk is fine. He's not particularly different from what I kind of already know. He yeah. does feel like the younger version of something we meet in the original series, which is fine. But I feel that way about most of the characters that they're the they're the less like hard shaped. They're still in in flux of like sometimes they'll be a little more emotional than I'm used to seeing them, or they'll be a little more dramatic or a little more straightforward. You know what I mean? They'll, they'll play to a different strengths that I, you don't get to play as much with in the original series. So you almost get to see like how they start to shape who he'll become as captain when he picks and chooses like how he's going to wear his personality as a captain. But yeah, I think, you know, Kirk's great. He's got his little, he's, he's always a flirt. In my opinion, he flirt, he can flirt hmm. with a rock. Period. Kirk is always ready to like woo a lady, woo anything, slit his shirt open. Sure. That leads me. (laughs) Sure. That leads me to my like next question. Just to, just to wrap up the Kirk talk. Yeah. Uh, Cause to me, this feels like weirdly, I don't know that much about the other Kirks, I guess, Mm -hmm. but this feels like an idealized version of Kirk. Uh, like the way he's written and the way that like he looks like this is the like the ideal like of of who he's supposed to be. Which one is the hottest Kirk, Shannon? I think Chris Pine's really attractive. Sure. You think he's the, the hottest Kirk, though, of, of the whole list of the, of the I feel like, like three? this is like this is like square jawed, you know, tall, like regularly handsome kind of like this is a Kirk and he's like he, like like you said, flirty. And then like, that's why to me, it's like idealized yeah. in that sense. And then also smart and also, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like there's a lot of like the things that kind of come to the forefront and they mm-hmm. cast like we, you said Paul Wesley, mm-hmm. um, like very specifically. And it's, I think especially with when we get new castings of people, like you notice, you're going to notice how they look compared yeah. to like the other ones. Yeah. And this to me feels like, that you know Mm -hmm. do you disagree what do you think (laughs) no yeah i can i can kind of see that kirk's always kind of had the same like white guy dirty blonde hair sort of vibe i guess with the with the square jaw kind of tall i just I, i would think that william shatner and chris pine were kind of i you know as their unconventional captains like unconventional good looks you know 
Chris Pine was not accepted as like for a while until after I believe this, then he wasn't accepted as that's crazy you know, to me. like traditionally handsome. That's insane to me. <laughs> what, um, and again, I don't, I don't make the rules in no, that sense, I just but didn't the know traditional that. handsome thing, I would say like also William Shatner wasn't like a traditional, was he like at the time? Like, I don't I, know. In the sixties, in <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I can't speak to William Shatner, but I feel like, Chris Pine just kind of looks like another generic like white guy in Hollywood. So the fact that he there was a time in his life where he's not considered conventionally attractive with those blue eyes and his perfect smile is like. Well, I say Paul Paul Wesley feels traditionally handsome, and I say that because I'm not attracted to him at all, and so therefore he's probably and when everyone else is <laughs> yeah attracted to that is like oh then you're just a traditional yeah so to me that. that's what I thought Paul so. Wesley when I think about him too I think of my uh, Vampire Diaries craze because he played Stefan and Damon Salvatore was played by what's a shit Ian Somerhalder the guy that plays Daniel Boone and Lost um, and I was always more of a Ian Somerhalder girl. So I never thought that, sorry, Paul Wesley, you're cute. But like, I never thought that Paul Wesley was like the conventionally attractive guy that I was like, had the hots for. So to see him as Kirk, I'm like, yeah, he's attractive. I'm not saying he's not. Yeah, but on the scale, on the scale of like who, what did most people think is what I'm saying. Oh yeah. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. But yeah, I definitely, I definitely hear what you're saying. And again, Kirk has... Shannon likes to be against the grain. We get it. But like, I'm asking you like, which one is like traditionally the hand, you know, it feels like Paul Wesley was cast. Okay, fine. (laughs) Whatever. She's like, I don't know. And I don't, I don't see things like that. I don't. They're all, they're all generic, conventionally attractive white men with a certain hair color. Okay. (laughs) That's it for hot Kirk talk, I guess. Hot Kirk talk. (laughs) <laughs> uh, well, it probably won't be the last. Wait, no, it definitely won't because, okay, Shannon, are you telling me between with, Chris Pine and Paul Wesley, you think Paul Wesley's more attractive? No, I'm saying that, like, I don't find him attractive, which usually leads to other people finding him, like, the most attractive. Right. So you, you know? think Chris Pine is attractive? Yeah, I think he's a, a, yeah. a good looking guy, but, like, he's unconventionally attractive. Like, okay. he, even at the time, like, he wasn't considered, like, Traditionally attractive. You know, yeah. like, and, and, uh, I think he's grown into it a little bit more. Maybe. That kind of like what I want, but like, you know, he's no Chris Hemsworth, I guess, or whatever, you know, like it's a different, oh, like, okay. 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 I like can kind of see, I can kind of see what you're saying now. Uh, yeah, my, my eggs are in the Chris Pine basket for sure. And that's hot. Kirk I'm talk. not asking you which, where your eggs are. Shannon. They're in the Chris Pine basket. <laughs> I'm not asking you who you want to fertilize your eggs. Shannon. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far either. You just, you brought it up, Shannon. I meant like Easter eggs, we not were like moving my ovaries. On. We were firmly moving on because we've already we been talking about on. this. Let's go. All right. Moving forward. So we find Kirk on the they bridge. They go to Toronto. Oh, well, I was going to say we get to briefly meet Spock. Who's also the captain of a different yeah, ship. Yeah, but like, what is he? Uh, they're at war with the Romulans. And we get to find out that the Federation has not been formed in this Kirk's timeline. It's Earth Fleet. United Earth Fleet. United Earth Fleet. Uh, which is a, just a human-centric ideology. Yeah, we don't get involved. It's kind of our, our like, deal. You know what? That sounds like a you problem. Yeah. Uh, but again, we're still in our, in, in, in a present timeline, technically mm-hmm. just a different version of that timeline. And they're both going to get to the past. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, am I misremembering that? So yeah, so they go to the past. They go to Toronto, which looks strangely like New York, according to Kirk, because yeah. he's from space. He's never been to Earth and also uh, only knows Earth from the history books, right? I'm so glad that this came out because I remember when we talked about the trailer and I was like, they better fix this immediately because there's no way that Kirk wouldn't know what human things are when he grew up in fucking Iowa on Earth. Yeah. And the little nod that he's born on like the USS Iowa in space. I was like, oh, that's cute. That's cute. It's still called is what is is it the USS Enterprise? It's the USS Iowa. But what is the Enterprise? What are the all the ships? USS is a is a is a acronym that mm-hmm. is for United States ships. I don't you know, I'm yeah. saying it's very specific to United States. So are we still calling Star Trek ships by USS or is that just in that timeline? Well, doesn't he he I'm asking you like what the designation is for the ships for all of Star Trek period. A USS and then the name of whatever the ship is. So they're also United States or United whatever. United Starfleet. Yeah, whatever the I don't USS think it stands is, for. Because USS, because we have USS ships now. The USS Carl Vinson, the USS uh, Eisenhower. Well, we have the USS uh, Kelvin. We have the USS. What? I'm, I'm talking. I'm. I, I'm talking about in real life aircraft carriers. Oh. The, these things that I'm calling is like we call it in the Navy. We okay. call it USS because they're for United States. Sure. And that's what I'm saying. Is I'm surprised that they kept that designation. That's just something I'm learning now. Oh, okay. In something that is supposed to be global and worldwide and also like galaxy wide, mm-hmm. that it's still called USS, especially in his timeline. So I'm asking you, what are they still calling it? Because I'm trying to figure out why they still call it the USS because it's not United States anymore. Right. It's different but you okay they yeah. still do because yep. that's what they do they don't they know do. how to they don't know what they stands for or they i mean it probably it i can google it if you want me to or chat can google it if you want to uss probably stands for something related to starfleet united starfleet something you know yeah probably but again it, moving on okay i think maybe i'm just confused about what the fuck you're asking me did I not answer it? I was just asking you what they call the Enterprise. The USS Enterprise. Great. Okay. The USS Enterprise D, technically. Doesn't make any sense to me, but okay. Yeah. All right, cool. So where do you want to where do you want to bounce from there? Well, where do they go get some clothes? <laughs> they do. They go get some clothes. They have an adventure. They have a date, Shannon. They have a They get dressed. They get some money. They have some hot dogs. They do well, one of them has some hot dogs. The other <laughs> one does not. Well, Anne doesn't want any hot dogs. Um, and then they sleep in the same hotel room. Yeah, and I thought you know it what? was really weird. Um, the Again, I, I accept it because I like what it gives me of Anne. But I was like, she just met this guy. And she's like kind of enticed by him taking his shirt off. I was like, oh, I wasn't expecting to see that like so fast from her. Um, Feels forced. Yeah. The the big change, the big shift for me for Laon happens um, in the car when she mentions her name and he's like, what? Who? Like that. If if any of that other stuff would have happened after that moment, I think I would have bought into it more. But yeah, for your first like 20 minutes with this guy and you're already checking him out as La'an, I was like, that feels a little bit out of place for her. And is that just supposed to show us that like 
Kirk really is just so special that even La'an cannot withstand his his charms and his appeals. Um, yeah, that was a little weird to be. But yeah, they they do. They do a, a little potpourri of things. We get to see Kirk play uh, two-dimensional, boring human chess, I guess, um, which he's very good at, which I think is What is three-dimensional chess? Like, it's just chess, but on three different boards, right? Mm-hmm. It's three different... I mean, is it the same game on each one? Is it like all three or it's one, one game? It's one cohesive game. I don't yeah. believe it. It's, it's Falcon I guess chess. I can make sense, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so that's, that's kind of funny. And if he's good at Vulcan chess, which I don't think, I feel like he's not, <laughs> I could be wrong. I feel like I, I feel like I could Clearly be wrong Clearly he that. is. At Vulcan chess? Well, yeah. he's good at, good at something. He's good. <laughs> Maybe being bad at Vulcan chess is still like a grandmaster. Right. In regular, uh, regular, a regular person chess. Absolutely. Um, so something we, we really get to play with here is the idea of the conflicting timelines Kirk is so adamant that his timeline is like the timeline. Mm-hmm. And I like that he pushes back. I I love that moment. That's my favorite thing because like when we're talking about time travel, you know, we always go in with the suspension of disbelief of like what needs to change, what hasn't changed, like mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff. We're like firmly on the side of the thing. And then you don't get any pushback for the people that are like, that are like yes. from that timeline and like don't want things to change. Right. And I love that. I, I thought that was like a great moment. I wish we had like kind of struggled with that more. That was like one of my favorite things. I was like, oh yeah, like he's doesn't need to or want to do anything. But what do you think of, you know, the fact that Sam is dead in this timeline, but he's alive in her timeline. Mm-hmm. Like, why does that change it for him? I'm not sure if that specific thing is what, changes it. I think over the course of the episode, as he learns more about La'an's time Mm -hmm. and he, as we know, his time is still kind of, as we know it, this is, they're visiting our time, you and me right now. They're in like our present day. But the fact that even a couple hundreds of years from now, Kirk's timeline is still basically doing the same shit, just with more tech. I think he thinks is fine. There is a little more individualism. It's a little more human centric and not so much like United Federation. And as he learns about the utopian society that the Federation brings about, I think there's a part of him, which is very Kirk that aspires to that ideal. And as he realizes that whole, whole galaxies and and whole species come together to explore the stars together is more appealing to him than the human centric, like capitalist economy that he's still living in. I think he just, he just starts to buy into that where he he's, he's buying into the grandeur and and the the happiness and the possibilities of what the Federation is. And that speaks to him. And then of course the fact that his brother is still alive. was just like a little bit. I think there's a little bit of selfishness there where she's like, well, I have heard of you, you know, your exploits are, are known, Mm. you know? So it's like, there's this idea of like, not only is my brother alive, but also I'm like, really like well-known I was like, and like could still be like infamous or whatever. There's Mm -hmm. a weird selfishness about like, okay, I'm not really giving up that much, you know, kind of thing. Um, Or maybe he's gaining more from it, uh, which is just, I guess interesting to me tells me more about Kirk than I thought I knew before. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's also hard too, because Matthias, if I, if I was from a different timeline and I came to you right now and I was like, 
Yeah, in my timeline, not only do we have we like, not talk about Yellow Jackets, but we also we, yeah. yeah. I, I went back. I fixed mm-hmm. the timeline. We never watch Yellow Jackets, right. and yeah. in that timeline, you that are was like a callback for anyone who you're living that. your absolute best life. Sure. You are a famous writer. Is you're he a living director. His best Just life? wait. Okay, you, Matthias, yeah. you are living your best life. Yeah. you're a famous writer. Mm-hmm. You're working on any project you want to work on. You sure. have all the money you could possibly need. Would that still change the fact that you, Matthias, right now cease to exist? You have to stop living, but there's a version of you that still gets to have all those things. You don't get to reap any of those benefits. Okay, but we get to the question of like who's who in that situation. I think like you're if I'm personally, if you're so you're telling me if I'm. What what is what's changing? What's changing for you? Am I not living my best life here? You're telling me you're time traveling to me and I am living my best life and I don't want so it to change. So I'm trying or? to put you into into Kirk's position. Who's not living so his best life. He's living this version of his life. Sure. But so your argument was that, you know, he still has this like fame and that his conquests are known. So he has this clout and this this power and this success in a different timeline. But this Kirk won't get to experience that. So I don't see how it would sway his decision because whether that Kirk is successful or not alive or not, this Kirk ceases to exist. He doesn't get to reap any of the benefits of what that Kirk is doing. He literally just stops existing. So I don't see that playing into his decision. If he doesn't even, he's not even a part of it. I think if I was again, if if we know about time travel and especially if we've ever talked about it in my sci-fi universe which we probably like have and like dealt with and tried to figure out like what the ramifications of it are and we've seen movies whatever you know like Mm -hmm. in any sort of case you come to me whether I'm living my best life or not living my best life I feel like it should be new it it is so much more nuanced and so much more complicated that I would feel like well I would feel like the thing that I need like doesn't need to change. You know, we talked about what would you go back and like change? Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of people, myself included, that believes like, well, yeah, if I could go back and change something, maybe I would change this. But then like knowing that it would be a different person or a different version, I was like, I wouldn't change anything because I Mm -hmm. wouldn't be who I am today Mm -hmm. if it wasn't for those things. So I can understand Kirk's side, whether he's living his best life or not, especially if he's not living his best life, feeling like, this is something that I really need to stick with. I can't change that because I don't know who I am in that person. You know, it's like, it doesn't yeah. matter what I become or what I do. I don't think I would change it because right. I don't, I don't know who that person is. Right. It doesn't sound like me, you know? I and agree. so therefore like, I wish there was more pushback on this. I wish like we had seen more of that struggle and like what that actually meant because that to me is like an interesting time travel, mm-hmm. like, episode or movie you Mm -hmm. know and especially i wish that they had kind of represented kirk a little bit differently you know i don't know if he is maybe there's some subtle things that i don't know because Mm -hmm. i'm not a kirk aficionado and also they're trying to represent kirk as kirk i believe Mm -hmm. but like if a kirk who is not in a utopia who's dealing with a ravaged world and who is been at war when she's like, well, when she tells him is like our universe, you're not at war. Mm-hmm. You're not dealing with war. I'm like, Oh, this, that's interesting. He doesn't feel like a militaristic, like I've 
been to war, seen a lot of people die kind of like person, you know, Mm -hmm. he doesn't feel tired or any of the things that I would think a person who's living in this timeline, who's dealt with the things that had and struggling to like deal with an enterprise during wartime, Mm -hmm. which is a lot different from dealing with the enterprise as an explorer, which is the thing that she says you could be an explorer, Mm -hmm. which is the thing that I guess appeals to him, Mm -hmm. which is interesting. You know, like you have a, you could have a better life. That's fine. But he doesn't feel like that other person to Mm -hmm. me, which I think is, is strange that they didn't do that. You know, that Paul Wesley didn't even take the time of like, what is this new Kirk? Yeah. You know, and I wish they had done that a little bit more again. I think it's interesting discussions. The thing that I love the show about is like, it's bringing up this topic and mm-hmm. this discussion. And yet I'm still kind of criticizing that they didn't do it yeah. well enough, you know? Yeah. So it's, uh, you know, I guess that double-edged sword or whatever it is, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. So it. do you still think that selfishness played into his decision to like switch over and buy into lawns? Yeah. A little bit of, of selfishness. Cause you know, I mean, what hero isn't selfish, you know, <laughs> like right. anything that so, we do. So even though it's like, oh, I don't know that person. It doesn't impact me. There's also still the selfishness of like, oh, but at least I'm famous. The selfishness, a little bit of selflessness, I guess, if it's about Sam more, which is what I guess they lead us to believe in, you know, is that mm-hmm. it's more about the fact that he wants to see his brother alive and it doesn't matter what his character is or who he is in that timeline, as long as, the people he loves are still there and mm-hmm. alive, you know, in the, I mean, we've, again, in the JJ Abrams one, we dealt with time travel as well with a time traveling Spock, mm-hmm. you know, and him telling a young Kirk was like, no, me and you are friends. Mm-hmm. And like, usually that's the thing that they appeal to with Kirk mm-hmm. is that friendship thing like of like who like you could have which again is why like why didn't they create this as a person that's more like disconnected you know doesn't like less vulnerable that kind of stuff and uh, interesting you know if you could think that like oh yeah I could be like not that but she doesn't know Kirk you know right. so it makes sense but the fact that they're not appealing to that that they're appealing to something else is is really interesting yeah and like yeah Again, she says, like, I know who you are still. Like, so, yeah, there's a little bit of selfishness going on there. It's like, okay, I don't have to be at war. I don't have to be this person or whatever. And my brother's alive. Like, I want all that, whatever that is. Yeah. I really do like that he buys into, again, the the best version possible. And if we operate under the idea that, and I will touch on this, too, when we get to uh, a little later in the episode, but the idea of, like, Nature versus nurture and who are we at our core versus who do we become when we're, you know, surrounded by certain stimuli. I do kind of like the idea that like that Kirk spirit is always in him, whether he's at war, whether he's in this timeline or another one, that that can that part of him is always there to be appealed to. Um, I agree with you. A dynamic would be interesting to see, you know. What if Kirk didn't have that unbreakable Kirk spirit? What if we met a Kirk that was more like Laon, more guarded, more concerned, a little more off-putting? Um, but yeah, I think just the joy of like that's that's in there, that idealization and that like joy of discovery is there and just ready, like at a pin drop of meeting this person where he's like, Oh, I could 
I could buy into a future like that. Absolutely. I think is just cute. It's a cute little Kirk moment. Yeah. I mean, well, speaking of La'an and we could move through this just kind of like mm-hmm. quickly is like we get, we get, they, you know, they wake up, they have that discussion, they go and they, and the, uh, the bridge explodes. So they're like, okay, this mm-hmm. is the thing. I do remember that happening, you right. know, but then they go check it out. Something's different, you mm-hmm. know, they, they have a little car chase to figure out what's happening. And then another person shows up and then they learn about the, uh, the Institute thing or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, and we go in there and we find out after all is said and done, this is about her lineage. Mm-hmm. This has something to do with the person that the Romulan that has been here for months. And the thing that has changed is that she came back and she killed Hitler. Basically, we talked about this, mm-hmm. you know, uh, what Khan represents in the Star Trek canon. And she's dealing with that. And I feel like we've talked so much about Kirk and not a whole lot about Laon, which is the thing that I feel like what you just said is she is, she, we open this up and how uh, non vulnerable she is and how like she, like strong she is and all this kind of stuff and how like a, a person that would be basically that mm-hmm. in Kirk would have been interesting because when you're, you, you come up against someone that's just like you, you start to see the things in yourself that you don't like, you mm-hmm. know, or that you, you realize you start to, explain to yourself. And so not only do we not get that, but then suddenly she's represented with the idea of like killing her grandfather and like, uh, which is Hitler, like, right. which is always like, do you go back in time and kill Hitler as a baby? Right. You know, before he commits the atrocities and the genocide and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And she has to not only deal with that decision, but also maybe comfort him and <laughs> propel him forward after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I feel like we didn't lead up to that at all. We didn't lead up to that decision whatsoever. I mm-hmm. didn't know that that was like coming. Like, mm-hmm. even though when you get the like hints of like, okay, Nuni and Singh, like, okay, then maybe this has something to do with Khan. And then like you get there and like, it's the Institute and it's the, and then like Khan is on the door. It's like, okay, great. What was this? What, what was the steps to get to here? Right. You know? Yeah. What do you think? Well, <sighs> I want to talk about what you're talking about and then I want to transition gently. I agree with you. This is what I said where the episode doesn't quite work for me, Mm -hmm. but La'an's journey works for me. So however they had to put her in this situation, I'll just kind of accept. I think it was. I think once you get there, it's just like the dots don't connect. I don't. Yeah. I don't want to like call it sloppy, but it's just. Yeah. It's like, okay we're just going to make things happen so we can get her to this point. Sure. And, and not necessarily tie it together with any sort of like nuance or like high integrity, high stakes sort of situation. It's just sort of like a, a jaunt through some different scenarios until all of a sudden we're confronted with this like bombshell essentially. Mm -hmm. But let's talk about, again, I mentioned it earlier, the moment in the car with Kirk where she realizes that he doesn't know the name Noonien Singh mm-hmm. and how much freedom that allows her immediately her entire life. She's been prejudged mm-hmm. based on her name. And this is the first time that she's ever interacted with a person that has like, who is really just going to meet her where she is for who she is and what she's going to present. And I think 
taking that jacket off for her shows her how how capable she really is to be vulnerable, to be soft, to share, to laugh, to like enjoy things when you're not constantly afraid of like being judged. Uh, I read a cool interview with the actress and she just said um, she realizes he doesn't know who she is or what the sing name means. And she's like, wow, he's not going to judge me. She's been fighting her whole life with people judging her for her name. And that barrier doesn't exist with him. And that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. So just imagining uh, again, I don't really love in the beginning, the heavy handedness of her, like watching him sleep. Like, is she going to go talk to him or like watching him change his clothes? But this moment in the car where you see her really realize, like, I'm free to just be who I am without any sort of predetermination, I thought was delightful. Do mm-hmm. you have any like sort of emotional response to that? Um, I mean, I think that like what you're saying is, is awesome and great and and that you're seeing that stuff in there I think that that's all very true I just don't I, like it's again it kind of comes it it it, it kind of comes and goes you know mm-hmm. that idea and that feeling um and so we're we're left with this idea I, I we didn't really explore it you know I wish that was like explored from the very beginning mm-hmm. you know and then that was a thing where she was like okay now what who at like in, reintroducing herself to someone new that she's never met before. And then with that new freedom, you know, but we don't really get that, you know, cause almost immediately like he dies. And so like, it doesn't matter, you know, yeah. <laughs> like it doesn't really like it comes and goes, you know, I, I have a suspicion. Yeah. Um, this is, I don't want to jump ahead permanently, but near the end of the episode where Laon calls our, our timeline, like prime timeline Kirk for the first time, this is their first actual interaction with each other. I think that's her mourning the loss of a connection. Sure. And the fact that she's realizing that she's capable of building those sorts of relationships with people, if not with this Kirk, then maybe with other people. So even though you're right, we didn't get to explore that as deeply as I really, really want to. I think it has the potential to be, again, it's her season long arc and we're going to watch her struggle with that sort of vulnerability and that desire to connect, but the fear of judgment as we play through the rest of the episodes. Sure. And I mean, I feel like just that last moment that you mentioned and then just like, and what you're saying would have worked for me had these two had, I guess, any chemistry in my head. Yeah. (laughs) Some people are saying that they had a ton of chemistry and the actors apparently love working with each other. I can see that they like feel like they had fun and that they really talked to. I just didn't, it just didn't translate to me through the screen. Like, I think there's a lot of things where you're like, you see two good looking people in this kind of situation, Mm -hmm. like who they are, where you're like, it's kind of, it's more of a shipping thing than it is like actual chemistry. I just didn't see it. Like I didn't connect with what Lon was connecting to, you know, I didn't connect with what Kirk was connecting to when the like kiss happens. Like I didn't really, I was like, yeah, I can see it coming because I clearly like putting it on the screen for me. Like like, is a thing there. I was like, okay, you're, you're telling, you're telling me that this is happening, but I didn't feel it myself. I agree. You know, if, and so to me, that's to me when I'm saying like non chemistry. Yeah. I agree with you. I think this would have been possibly even a stronger. I really hate the trope of 
um, hashtag strong independent woman until falls in love. Yeah. Uh, which is what this is. Apparently she's immediately kind of attracted and drawn to Kirk. Uh, they kiss, you know what I mean? And now we see her walls soften. Like that's a really boring thing for me to keep watching. I think the integrity of friendship is super underrated. So even if we would have just seen them like be the friends that the two actors are, and then you, you lose this friend, this person that saw you, it didn't have to be like a love thing. I think that would have read to me perfectly on screen without trying to like feed me this this possible romance between the two of them. I guess I felt like the also like the romance there's something interesting cuz like I can understand when you're trying to juggle multiple things like part of me wants me for this episode to have been shot more of like a romantic comedy, you know? Mm-hmm. And for that have been to have been the main thing if that was like what she was struggling with, mm-hmm. you know? And not have to do with like Saving a timeline. Right. Just kind of coincidence. But I guess you can't also like give them a mission and give them something without it having to like intersect with each other. So it's like maybe it's just a weird the way that a show has to be structured. Mm-hmm. And we have so limited time to do both things. Yeah. You know, so I don't really know because I feel like both of it can work and is working to a certain extent. It's just I guess my first time viewing it. It just didn't work like in, in this context, you right, know? Right, right. And again, it's like not shot. Like it kind of almost the, the love thing, even though you see it coming also still comes out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. I, that's contradictory to say, but that's just how it feels. No, I somehow completely understand <laughs> so, and agree with what you're saying. And um, I feel like had it been like more leaned into this idea, you know, and especially if they hadn't done the whole, like, oh, we're two people that, like, clash, you know, because we're so hard-headed, you know, kind of thing. And then we, like, I guess fall in love kind of, you yeah. know, it was like if more of, like, she, we saw something change in her when she saw Kirk, you know, or mm-hmm. whatever. Maybe, like, you, I was like, oh, okay, this is going to be that kind of episode, you right. know. But they didn't give us that. So mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> well, um, off the heels of La'on realizing that, someone can see her and not judge her. Let's talk about her interaction with child con. Mm-hmm. Um, an, an idea that hit me on my second rewatch is that we know Laon struggles with like the feeling of judgment and predetermination and what she is because of her name. And in this moment, she sees a child who will become a tyrant, but right now is just like a lab rat. He's an experiment and it's, well, it's just a child. And it's also the idea that maybe no one is inherently bad because that's something that Laon struggles with in herself. She fears that she is inherently something bad or dangerous because of her lineage Mm -hmm. and here in this moment she's confronted with deciding if that's true or not because logically if you think that's true the correct answer is to perhaps kill this kid but of course none of us watching this want to kill a child so well i think it's also like a failing and the fact that you have to know who this child is Mm mm-hmm you talked about like who is this made for is like we I if I didn't know if you didn't tell if you didn't bring me to Loreloft last week I wouldn't have known 
you know, like mm-hmm. what, what, what mattered here? Or like why, like how big of a ramification now I know it's like, Oh, this is Hitler. Like I get it now, you know, mm-hmm. but I, I wouldn't have known that. And I'm, I wonder how many people do know that, you know, the only tiny bit of it. And that's why I hope you stick with me as I continue to drag you into the lore loft, because I do want to touch on who is Star Trek made for mm-hmm. in a second. But as you can see, there's so much like secret depth there waiting. Mm-hmm. We meet the Romulan who's been stuck here for 30 some odd years waiting for Khan so she can kill him. And I I like that. Feels inefficient. Just saying, you Absolutely. know, when Khan comes from. So, <laughs> so, well, here's the problem is that we're, we're playing with the timeline the reason that she's been here for 30 years is because what we know of the eugenics war, which I told you the lore loft was that they happened in the nineties. Mm. We know they happen at 96. So why in 2023 is Khan a child? And it's this idea that the more we go back in time and meddle and try to fix things, we're, we're creating this sort of like temporal shift where things start oh, to I happen. I that. Yeah. Um, so I, th- I think that's the writer's way of being like, maybe things aren't going to happen perfectly mm. in our timeline, but we're going to like make things happen. So they can change things the way that they want to. So they know. can, so they can pace things accordingly sure, because, yeah. uh, uh, a note I read. So I mean, it, it makes sense. Cause there's only yeah. so many ways we can, we can say like, uh, that, you know, uh, what's the thing that I'm looking for? Like Captain America's from world war two or something, you know what I'm saying? Like right. whatever, like things like that. Like, right. Yeah. And, um, when I was thinking about who was Star Trek made, made for, as I was contemplating the fact that this wasn't my favorite episode because there wasn't enough lore for me, uh, I was reading an article. His name is Brandon Braga. Uh, he was on Next Gen Voyager. He did two of the Star Trek movies and co-created Enterprise. So he's been part of the Star Trek fandom for a while. Mm-hmm. But he did an interview where he was like, I don't care what happened in the original series because the direct quote is, I could care less what was mentioned in the original series because how much fun is it really to have to explain to 98% of your viewing audience what the fuck the eugenic wars are? Yeah. Which is totally true because I dragged you into Loreloft, dumped a bunch of information on you. I like to think it betters the experience because you have more knowledge, but ultimately what kind of casual viewer is coming to Star Trek to like dump on that information? Plus, if, if the eugenics wars happen when we think they happen in the 90s, you can never really go back in time and not be burdened with all of that, like destruction and calamity. So it's easier to not kind of deal with it. So I think that's why that they they put the explanation in when the Romulans like, um, what does she say? I thought I had it written down, but it's it's the idea that time shifts because we've meddled in it so much that even though these v- events are predestined and they will eventually happen, now we don't know when because we fucked so badly with time. And that's why we create, they're not called the TVA. I looked it up and I don't remember because I didn't write it down, even though I thought I would remember. Uh, but that's why they're created later on in like Voyager because wait, does already exist in another series? Yes, but it's oh, in a, okay. it's in a future series. I so, understand yeah. that it's a future series, but I thought this is, not I I didn't know that it already existed. Yeah, the, the time the TVA is just what I'm gonna call them. They they do exist, yeah. And um yeah, it's just because we just keep we just keep meddling and shit. People just keep trying to meddle in Earth's history and Well they once were, you have time travel, yeah. You know? It's fucking all bets are off. 
That's the um, thing. It's like any, I don't know, time travel is such a weird thing. So we always, we love stories about time travel and it involves so many of our things. But like at the end of the day, if like inventing time travel is, should never be like, as soon as you do, things are fucked. Like it right. doesn't matter 100%. how it's fucked or what way it's fucked or whatever. It's just like, it's but screwed it up because as soon as it's available, like it, it can screw up a lot. And again, you can talk about like maybe time has already been uh, fucked and it right. is and then we're and we're fucked. It doesn't matter. You mm-hmm. do, you never know, you know, because it because it, it just is. Yeah. Because we go back to like, well, we don't if we don't know that it's fucked. How do I know my life isn't better in another life? You know, I was right. like, then I am fucked. You know, I don't right. know. <laughs> I um. so, yeah, just I, I think that's another nitpick with this episode for me is just. If there are no like real consequences to your timeline or your time travel stories, it's just not as interesting to me because all you have to do is erase that timeline and then none of it mattered anyway. So you can just kind of like stick around, do some random shit that doesn't fit in canon and then, oh, but we washed our hands because it didn't actually happen. So I really, really, really want to continue to explore La'an's emotional inner world because that's the only thing I got out of this episode. Yeah, probably. Because, I mean, like, she wouldn't have... There was no consequences had she killed Khan anyway. Because she had a device that allowed that her protects to... protects her and her timeline. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, so it's like, even if even if it would have been a bigger struggle of... The, the calamity of Khan creates the utopia of the Federation... But if you kill Khan, you you save millions and millions of lives, like maybe struggling with that. But nope, she doesn't have to worry about that because she has a device that just protects her timeline completely. So there really are no ramifications to killing. Yeah, And also, like, just even the idea of like bringing Kirk back to her timeline, you know, which she threw out. And and as soon as she tosses out that idea. Like, you know, it's not going to happen because yeah. the writers are never going to have the courage to say like, like, no, this is Kirk, but from a different timeline, you know what I'm right. saying? Like that's running around with it. Like they're never going to have the courage to do something like that and like actually change anything. No. So that's why at the end of the day, like there are no consequences. No, nothing happens. And it really all you're left with is like, what did she experience? Mm-hmm. You know, um, whether it happened or not. You know, right. so like that's why you kind of have to latch on to that because that's the only thing that yeah changes or not. And it does feel like a cl- like classic, not just the original series, but like classic Star Trek where you have the the courtroom drama one, you have the time travel one. I would say you have the holodeck one too, where it's like it's low budget, and where do they go? America, because we're on the sure. lot, and that's what we have. Well, like, and then also we're gonna have uh, um. A musical one, apparently. <laughs> so we've read mm-hmm. in a possibility for this season. But yeah, like what well, you said, like even like the fact that this was filmed in Toronto, which is in our time, is just a place where a lot of things are filmed, if you didn't know that. You right. know, so it was like, I was curious, like, is Toronto like actually a place where the eugenics war start? Or is that just just not a, not a thing? <laughs> it just happened to be here because they... Because they're yeah. filming in Toronto, right. probably. Right. <laughs> so, Absolutely. 100%. Uh, it's a big film town, if y'all didn't know that. Almost everything you watch is probably filmed so in Toronto. Filmed in um, 
uh, Atlanta right now and Toronto. So that there's that fun fact. So yeah, as you said, it's like, why are we doing a hall deck episode so we can do it here? You yeah. know, so reminds, we can save some money while Anson Mount is gone with his kid. Yeah, like, reminds me of when we watched uh, Castle and they did like we're going to L.A. because it's all yeah. like takes place in New York and we're like we're gonna, we're gonna send our characters to L.A. Mm-hmm. It's all filmed in L.A. Like right. they lit the actors live in L.A. And, the, and they but they do an L.A. episode because the show takes place in New York and it's so funny <laughs> that yeah. to like think about like the behind the scenes of that kind of mm. stuff. But also, yeah, but like, so we're, I don't know what you were saying about all that, but the classic episodes. Oh, just, just that this, this very much felt like that where, you yeah. know, Anson Mount's gone. We can film on location in Toronto. We yeah. can still explore one of our like important characters without yeah. having to like be on a spaceship and have like a space story that interacts with canon. And it's like, you can just kind of experience Lon's inner world. Yeah. So that's fine with me. Um, Again, a little bit. It's it's not deep enough yet. And I'm hoping that's because we're just as the season grows, we just continue to get more information each episode. Or they just leave it at that. So <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, we said that about the last episode, too. Remember, we were like, oh, I wish they would have given us maybe some more information about this or that. And I feel like this episode ties in a little bit with what we were talking about in the last episode. And it's like, if you would have known more about what was happening now, well, maybe you would have cared law, more. Not with Una. Right, 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 right. You know? So, or like with the eugenics war and like knowing con and stuff, it's like, are they, are they just peppering in this information slowly? So it's more palatable to a new audience, Yeah, which is a great segue into Matthias as someone that is new to Star Trek. I, you're you're with, segueing too early. Hold on. Oh. We have two questions. Oh, <laughs> Sorry. go ahead. Would you kill your grandfather? If he was Hitler. Okay. And like, next question. No, <laughs> you're not doing it. You're going to, I had a, I had an important segue and, and then no, I'm how not going to answer you, that. And then how do you feel about at the end of it? Like, should we get uh, what her emotional journey is? Cause you said like, this is the thing that you're latching onto. So now we get to the end. She's come back. She's like, she's fixed the timeline as it were. And mm-hmm. she checks in on the crew and she just takes a moment there to like, I guess, appreciate the things that are and uh and then she goes and laments the things that are not mm-hmm. and the great job on the actress because like that emotional moment and the way that she internalized that and did that like was fucking amazing i don't think it led me to get to the same place there but i my heart breaks for her when when that happens because yeah. the actress is good yes. you know and so how do you feel about the emotional arc that you went on to end this episode and in that sense like what do you like not it's not just about like what do you want to see but like do do you feel like that kind of tied in or, or what were your feelings at the end of that episode when she makes that call and I first want to say I feel that every actor on this show has a very deep understanding of the character that they play mm-hmm. and that comes through beautifully with La'on the reason this episode works deeply for me is because it worked for the actor in a mm-hmm. very real way. She took the journey. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I mentioned it a little earlier, the idea of she possibly for the first time in this way, realized that she can be vulnerable and like curious and connect in a way that she hasn't felt safe doing in a while. So to reach out to Kirk in, in the prime timeline and realize that if not this Kirk now, perhaps eventually, or perhaps someone, 
And I think she's she's crying at the end because she lost like the first like easy kind of connection that she's had. And I I do think sure. there's depth in her that realizes that like she she wants that and she's now in a place where she can admit that she wants that. Whereas before we see her with all her walls up and even when Mbanga tries to call her out on it, she's like, I did not come here to talk to you. I came here to fight, like stay in your lane. And I think it takes a lot of like vulnerability and compassion for yourself to admit hard truths to yourself about what you desperately need, like want and need at your core. And somehow that actress got on there. Yep. So yes, that, that journey works for me because the actress knows what has happened to her to get her to that place. And I'm more than excited to see, especially after Una's trial and the fact that, you know, her and number one have always kind of had that close relationship. It's like, where does La'an start to build from here now that she's had kind of two pivotal things happen to her in the span of two episodes? Mm -hmm. So what do you think? Well, I think like if I had been part of that journey, I guess, and like fallen in love in the same way, you know, like, I guess I could understand, like, as soon as you get back, like, where is this person? Are they still there? Like, making sure that the timeline is actually correct in a certain way and that they're still caring about the things that they care about. And like, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. are they on the trajectory that I wanted for the, you know, like there's mm -hmm. a whole lot of that there. I, again, I don't think that I connected with it in like the same way. Sure. Like, I don't think I was like, I was like, Oh, she's in love all of a sudden. So I guess like, right. yeah, you know, the emotional thing I was like, Oh man, like I feel for you, but also like, was it really that special? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, I was like, I think you're making, I think you're really being, I don't want to call a woman too emotional. You know, she fell in an episode and she cried. So like, I, you know, maybe a lot of tropes going on here, but at the same time, like it felt more than it probably would have been. But I love what your explanation is of that, because I think it's true, like of that, of in being in that mindset and being in that place, like makes a lot of sense for that journey and where she's going. So I'm like, I'm not like opposed to it, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, I do wish that she had ended the episode going to talk to Mbanga, you know, like in a sense of like, Hey, oh, I'm yeah. here to like talk. I need to talk to someone, to you know, it was like, whatever, not even to say like what happened, but just mm -hmm. to, you know, cause for me, like it doesn't, it, it kind of doesn't matter if she's still keeping it all in, you know, mm -hmm. and she's not gonna be able to tell anyone anything and she doesn't, try and open up or like change anything, you know, we haven't mm -hmm. seen that change happen. I hope it does happen. So again, yeah. I don't want to keep criticizing things that I wish right. would happen or should happen, but that's just the way my mind works, I guess. Um, uh, but I can understand like everything that you're saying. I think that's like lovely and true and, and uh, emotional and, and like beautiful to like, uh, you know, and again, the actress just having that emotion mm -hmm. and being so vulnerable, like on screen uh, was unexpected, like in a good way. Mm -hmm. Um, also just unexpected in an unexpected way, but also uh, right. unexpected in a good way. And mostly cause again, performance is just really good, you know? Yeah. Like the fact that she felt it, you know, I, was yeah. like, I believed it. Yes, absolutely. So that's all I can say on that. I oh, hello Madigan. Um, I also, an, another like piece of energy that ties into that is the fact that she is met by that agent who's like, Hey, don't forget, like you can't tell anyone shit about this. 
because that's already La'an's like default. That stuff bothers me mostly because it's like, okay, great writers. Now we're saying like, would this would did it happen? Did it not happen? Because exactly. basically, in our mind, it never happened. It, you know, it like, only happened because you can't change anything. It only happened to La'an. Yeah. So for her to be in that like complex, vulnerable state to maybe come back and realize maybe I do need to talk to someone. Maybe I want to tell, like, I need to share this experience that I've had, not only with Kirk, but with everything that happened with Khan and the emotions she was reckoning with there. And then to be told, you actually can't share any of these feelings, I think is another reason that she just, like, kind of breaks down and cries. Because how do you, whether whether we got to experience the ride with her or not, how do you go through the traumatic ride that La'an has just been through re falling in love in like a day dealing with your ancestry, deciding like the fate of your timeline reckoning with, are you inherently good? And is this child inherently bad? Like the weight of all of this shit. And then put it all back in the box. Cause you can't tell anyone you can't talk. Like she could talk to number one about it probably in like in a perfect world, you know what I mean? About some of the augment stuff and the thing that she had been through. I know number one would be there for her. And not that I would call you up and be like, Hey Matias, I met you in another timeline and we like fell in love with stuff. Do you want to maybe go on a date with me? But just like Mbenga would be there for her. If he kind of also acts as a ship's therapist, like just to talk through your emotions with another human being is a critical part of understanding what you're feeling and how to navigate it moving forward. And now, even if there was a part of her that might be willing to start to bud open, that's shut down. Because how do you explain any of what you're feeling without being able to tell people what you've been through? How do you have the words to say like, yeah. So I just, I feel really bad for her. And I think that's why the ending is so pertinent to me to watch her break down. She does the best she can do, which is, reach out to Kirk for a superfluous piece of information because that's the only like outlet for every big feel that she has. That's like the safe option and how overwhelming it is to have all those deep emotions. And like, even if you don't want to cap them, you have to fucking cap them. That's such a bummer. Well, I wish that connection was stronger, but between them two, cause you know, I'm Mm -hmm. sure that the fandom, uh, I'm sure we should be feeling like, uh, like, oh, bring them back together, you know, from here on out. You well, know, he but. does say, you know, I forget exactly, but basically the the their version of next time I see you, like, buy me a drink. Uh, so there there might be uh, a true meeting between Laon and Kirk in the future. And I'm interested I to would, see how I that falls I would ship apart. it if I felt like the chemistry was there. So, you yeah. know, may, we'll see. We'll see. We'll have to see on that. So, yeah, that's our our little talk about the episode. Uh, Shannon, do you want to now segue or do you want to go into Loreloft? Is what you want to do? Which one do you want to do? I don't, I don't have a lot of Loreloft this week because there's... No Loreloft? You don't want to take out mean. the con box that you put in the corner last week? Uh, the what box? The con box. We were, we put the, the con stuff into the box we and did, we put it we in did, the corner. We did, but again, unfortunately, like since it's all alternative timeline stuff, it doesn't really fit into lore except for the fact that we now have an excuse for if we ever see the timeline shift, it's because humans have meddled so much in the time that it fluctuates. But, you know, lore wise, we really didn't. Oh, uh, we, I guess, did get the re solidification that Kirk's middle name is Tiberius, which isn't something that was ever confirmed in the original series. It's something that came out randomly in the animated series. And oh, then but it's became, always been true in my and became concrete timeline. in 2009. 
by that movie. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, so, so now we technically just confirmed it harder, like in this timeline. So I like that we've stuck with that idea that it's his like grandfather's name. Yeah, and then the brother has a boring name of George Sam Kirk. George Sam Kirk. George Samuel Kirk, maybe? <laughs> maybe, who's to say? Um, but yeah, I just, you know, I don't want to... Samantha. George Samantha Kirk. George Samantha Kirk. That's what it is. That makes more sense. <laughs> um, I absolutely love the lore loft, but yeah, there's there's not too much lore for me to... Because I already dumped on you, the other thing I would have brought up was like any information I'm, about the eugenics well, I am war. I'm curious about like... Uh, let's go a little bit and let's... Let, okay, let's go to the lore loft. Peek our head into the lore loft. Okay. Uh, what's the history? What's the U.S. history of the the... the Starfleet and the and the con and that we know of any lore there like what is how, like in terms of cons history you know uh yeah so and I know you said it's all kind of like changed temporally uh-huh so I'm assuming I, this wasn't in Canada I know it didn't start with a bridge blowing up I know mostly vague things because like I was saying last week we never got to like truly explore the eugenics war we just kind of give information was, in was passing this, was I mean because they both specifically mentioned oh this may have ha- we vaguely remember this happening in our timeline mm-hmm. but that explosion I guess was that supposed to be con because or was that just how did that lead to con or is that something we don't know? The reason that that bridge explosion led to Khan is because... Because he's just a kid now. Right. It's because the Romulan blew it up and the Institute like wanted the information out of it. So that's the only reason why we even got to see Khan in the first place. It's but not they, because he was involved in the bridge thing. But what, was he not involved like in their... Because in both of their timelines, they'd know that bridge blows up. Right. So is it always a Romulan that blows it up? It must be because if if Khan is now a child in that timeline okay. when the bridge blows up, then this is where we're Time learning. Travel. Yeah, we're learning new information as it's presented to us. Sure. So I guess what we can take as reality is if Laon and Kirk are both saying that the bridge blows up in their timeline, then it cannot be Khan that initiates that, which is fine. Uh, it would just be the Romulans and their constant meddling in human history to try to keep them out of like space exploration. So do it, but was that always, did that happen before? Did we have any like, like lore history of like a bridge blowing up or how the, how Khan kind of came to power in that sense I, Khan, that it started here, you know? No, we don't have like the fact that Khan it, he's not but like, is Canadian and is like in Canada right now. Like, Cool. It's not something like we don't know where he was. We only recently kind of discovered where the con project. I didn't didn't think about the fact that Canada is the one that did all this stuff and not the U.S. I guess. Right. Who was it originally? That's what I mean. Uh, So um, I think uh, it's not so much like United States doing its whole own thing and Canada Mm. doing its all whole thing. It's like humans were experimenting with this and in picard we realized that it is the nunian singh institute that like started the con project in the first place so there is a little nod to that we know that the eugenics kind of started like under that impetus but so wait we know about this nunian singh genetics lab institute thing so is nunian singh not technically a family name it's just like 
all those children took on Noonien Singh, so she could be a descendant of any of them. Well, she's so I don't know the names of the other children, which is the problem. Like, but we, presumably, if he's Khan Noonien Singh from the Noonien Singh laboratory, then those mm-hmm. other children are also Teresa Noonien Singh. Like, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, it's yeah. all right. I, yeah. Because again, we've been talking guess. about what is Noonien Singh? Is it tribal or is it like a title or is it like an actual like family name? And it doesn't. So I guess it's not a family name unless he's actually like the kid of like the scientist that is well the scientist don't forget is nunian sung sure so that's where that's where i start to get a little bit confused because again that scientist is from the same line of people that go to the ai and like create data Mm -hmm. um and and there's a plot line where a descendant of this family lineage, the Noonien Soong, mm-hmm. want to take information from the Khan project and integrate it into like robotics. Mm-hmm. And it's a whole thing because we're like, bro, last time we fucked with this stuff, it was really bad. Like you can't use this to try to progress anything else because it's going to turn out poorly. So there's always been a little bit of a flirtationship between Noonien Soong and the Noonien Singh of Khan. But uh, in Picard, like I said, it's the first time that we see like the Khan project through Noonien Soong, the doctor. And now to see the Noonien Soong Institute is is kind of interesting. But yeah, where that Noonien Singh name comes from, is it a family name? Is it the adopted name? And we do know based on like what writers and the actress that Laon, the actress who plays Laon has said is that she's Khan's granddaughter. So I'll take that as fact, but I don't know how or why yet. Yeah. uh, And uh, it just makes me wish that this episode was more as much as I love the other stuff. And I probably would have criticized this as well. This probably should have been more about Khan. (laughs) Like this should have been like from the very get go. We knew that Khan was involved in this whole thing and that she knew that she was going back in this time travel thing to Mm -hmm. deal with it. And and we would learn more about what her actual lineage was and Mm -hmm. and and how that connected and why she struggled with it so much. Um, Because is she just another technically like is she not just like a grandchild of Khan, but is she like another like result of the genetics things, you know, from the Noonien Singh Institute. You know? I feel like there has to be something left in her because we see her fight number one, like spar with number one, and she absolutely matches pace for pace. And number one is an augment with like super strength and faster speed. So if she can match her beat for beat, that's kind of interesting. The fact that she can drink Klingon blood wine and basically not be affected is kind of interesting. So I'm wondering if we are getting little tiny hints that like there are residuals of being the product of like a, a genetic modification. Well, if she's again, if she's the, of the lineage, if she's blood relative to genetic modified people, and then she's genetically modified. Like right. that makes sense. But I'm wondering, is it not technically like a clear blood relation Again, is it that she is like the Institute kept going or like that she was a part of uh, like she was like a, a, a laboratory like uh, had a, a tube baby, you mm-hmm. know, test tube baby that like was then born later, you know, and right. still part of the Noonien Singh Institute. Like does when we like is this idea I'm just saying like they don't give us any clear answers so Mm -hmm. like to me in my head I was like I don't understand like again if you're a direct descendant that's a different thing from Mm -hmm. being like 
like Khan took everything lab people and like and then created his own kind of like family which is basically not blood family but like right. it is like all Noonien Singh family right you know it's like uh, or is she like did he also take a whole bunch of like test tube babies and create and grow them himself right you know like right. there's a whole lot of like options to me there that mm-hmm. I can think of in sci-fi terms you know and we don't actually have the answers and and I wish that this had been more about like what is her origin and her yeah. lineage and like how is she dealing with the con of it all and stuff like that but we don't get it until the end when we realize oh it was con all along and right and I'm like, she didn't, she struggled with some things, but she didn't really struggle with what it just ended up being about. So yeah, lore is, is light, but it could have probably been more. And <laughs> if, if you'll allow me while in the lore loft, cause it ties into You're in the lore loft, Shannon, you could do whatever the lore loft wants you to do. So is, is who is Star Trek made for? Sure. And personally, I'm under the impression that if it's a good story, people will listen. Mm-hmm. So for that creator who I'm not putting down, Brandon Brega, whatever his name is, for him to say, oh, our audience doesn't want to like learn about the eugenics war. I want to push back and I'm like, why not? That's so interesting. And don't you want to know the depth of what your characters are going through? Like some of what you're explaining now and some of your complaints are like, None of these things land deeply unless you know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And I almost feel like they're afraid that if they if they give you too much information, that it's going to bog the show down and people aren't going to want to watch. There's a lot of shows where, like, when I watch it, like, the information's there and sometimes it's subtle and sometimes those things are there. Like, I, I wanted to start a series called It Was Right There, you know, Um which is me explaining things that are in movies that people miss or, or people like criticize when I was like, it was there the whole time. You mm-hmm. just like missed it, you know? And I feel like I can, I can feel people like screaming. Through it's like, no, we got all that. Like that was all there for me. Like those mm-hmm. emotions and the things. And I'm like, okay, I'm just not seeing it. I'm just not connecting mm-hmm. with it, you know? And, and maybe that's true. And maybe those things are there for people. It's, it's, it's subtle enough or it's, it's, just enough for people and that they're getting these things. And, mm-hmm. and I want to say like, that's amazing for those kinds of fans. I would say if I was a new fan watching this episode, none of it would have connected with me. And so I feel like this episode really is only meant for people who have watched Star Trek, who can get those things, who can understand the, the significance of the name, because I never, if you never explained to me like what Noonien Singh was, if you never told me, I was like, Oh, it's Khan. Even when the episode tells me, it's like, Oh, it's Khan, Khan Noonien Singh. Okay. I'm still having so many questions about it. Like what that actually is. And we've never explored like how the lineage actually affects her, mm-hmm. you know? Cause again, we've talked about, it. I was like, you went only when you explained to me like how much, I know Khan. I was like, okay, so Khan from the Wrath of Khan. I get mm-hmm. it. But like, I didn't know he was the Hitler of his time. Right. You know, like, oh, okay. The granddaughter of Hitler. Like, there's a lot of things that like, I'm not getting mm-hmm. without having been a fan, you know, or whatever. So and the fact- I don't think that I would have connected with this because the love story doesn't work for me. And then the, the lineage thing like would have gone way over my head. Mm-hmm. 
the Romulan agent that they meet. And I know nothing about Romulans either. You know what I'm saying? Like in this right. idea, like I get that they're at war and I get Romulans are, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, and that's actually okay because honestly we like haven't really dealt with Romulans yet. Sure. So it's totally fine. But the Romulan agent, um, is really only there to provide the audience with, with, to provide new audience with like the bare minimum bit of information they need to maybe have the story land. Yeah. She's the one that comes in and is like, this is why the timeline's different. If there's any eagle eyed fans out there that are like, this is not the nineties. Yeah. Uh, I came back to kill the greatest dictator in earth's history because of his devastation. You guys made it to the stars. Like she just so clearly lays out. That's why she hates Khan, because I was like, why do the Romulans also dislike Khan? It's because they don't like Earth. It's so, because they okay. don't like Earth. Yes. Right. And or because, humans. They don't like humans, right? And because Khan leads to, again, us sure. advancing. Yeah. So it's like. Lower loft. It, here's the only. Trademark. Here's like the tiny little bit of information that you need to maybe get through it. Mm-hmm. And again, that's why I would argue, like I said in the last episode, wouldn't it have been more pertinent to not only hear Una's backstory, but to hear the backstory of why we're so against genetic modification. Yes. Yeah. So to do that, you have to dive into the lore of it. Mm-hmm. Isn't it more important if you realize that this man was Hitler on a greater scale because he wasn't just taking over Germany. He had the power of a, a third of the planet. This yeah. is a huge deal that we brush over because we don't think an audience is going to want to engage with it. And I would argue that it makes the story better if you tell people the stakes that are here. It's weird that like the creators of Star Trek are never interested in dealing because they feel like, oh, it's all been dealt with before, but it hasn't. It hasn't. Exactly. You know, and they're like, afraid to I was do like, it. If you haven't actually put it on screen, like we actually haven't dealt with it. There's, there's a, our questions of canon is like just because it may be in a book or a comic mm-hmm. or in an outline or whatever, you know, or in a Wikipedia article. It's like, doesn't mean that we've ever actually like dealt seen it, it or dealt with it. And it's like weird how like, they're like, yeah, I'm not interested in that, like doing that kind of stuff. And I'm like, part of me is like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. You know, especially when we're like, if we're talking about again, star Wars and the Skywalkers and someone's like, yeah, I don't want to deal with the Skywalkers. And I was like, yeah, okay, well we've seen the Skywalkers. We get it. You right. know what I'm saying? But like, as opposed to like, yeah, no, I don't want to deal with, um, uh, the original Sith guy. I was like, I feel like we understand like who the original. I was like, no, well, we never actually saw we that don't. story. Exactly. You know, so like, like you know, like it's really weird that that he, they say that because uh, if we haven't, uh, I guess maybe the fans like only know those things, or I you know have only dealt with those things. But like, until you actually put it pen to paper, put it on the screen, like it never solidifies it Mm -hmm. you know so where is that journey then when we decide you know we're we're treating things with with the weight and the urgency that they should have we know laon should be struggling because i tell you all this information but if you're a new person coming in you do think like what is the superfluous like overreaction because you're only getting a tiny piece of the huge puzzle and I think well, that even just putting in like Kirk to this, I'm like asking mm-hmm. you questions like, is this a Kirk? Like, what is it? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's uh, like the things that you shouldn't you should not be interested in are Enterprise and Kirk. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, those are the things that you shouldn't be interested in. Like, you should be interested in something else. This is why Picard existed this is why like mm-hmm. other things is like you had the chance to go and do something completely different. Right. Instead, you decided to deal with this. You might as well 
fucking deal with it. Right. You know? <laughs> and I, part of the praises that I sung for the first series of Strange New World is the fact that it's a love letter to the original series yeah. in every way. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, perhaps to a gentle detriment because the original series was a show in the 60s that never had the foresight to realize that like half a century later, we were still going to be diving into this world with the amount of depth and complexity that people want from it. So yeah, the one-off episode with Tribbles was like a passing thought to the writers in the 60s. But now you have the time with all the random little shit that was just haphazardly given to you in the original series to make that mean something now with the same integrity of why we love the original series, but actually with like depth and stakes and like pain that really wasn't there in the original series. It's also like, like if you want to do a show that's like about like that kind of stuff, like in doing new things and doing explorer things or whatever Mm -hmm. that, which, which what strange new worlds was, that's great. I, I love that. This is why we like strange new worlds. Then don't give a character named Noonien Singh. (laughs) Like that, and, that, and not like dive why would you even do that? Into like, her character. Like at some point you have to wrestle with that and but you're saying like I'm not interested in that. But you but then why give that character you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like why introduce it in the first place? You know? So that's why I'm hoping, you know, this is only season two, it's only episode like 13 total. Well, I hope we have time to just the part of the reason why next gen is so much fun is because we start off with Picard and the crew just kind of episodically. And then we build this whole like deep world with deep relationships in it. So I'm hoping this has time to grow and become something with more depth than here's a character that's going to give you like tertiary information and you just have to play along. Well, with it. unfortunately, Discovery, we find, is this is going to be its final season. Prodigy was just canceled. Mm -hmm. Strange New Worlds, if it doesn't forge ahead on its own, is going to suffer the same fate. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to be this season. Right. Maybe it's only going to be next season, you know? And it's like, but they set this up to have to be like a 10 season arc, or at least, or at at most, I guess, right? Because like this was when it started, he saw Vision 10 years in the future. And so we assume- You could time jump a little bit. Assume that we're always leading to that. Yeah, we can time jump, but we assume we're always leading to that, right? Absolutely. And so like, yeah, like that's a, a lot amount of seasons and there's a whole lot of things to explore. And now I'm worried with the way streaming's going, the way the writer strike's going, where the actor strike is going, the way that like they, like Star Trek and Paramount is going in terms of like actually canceling just a whole bunch of things, mm-hmm. you know, Star Trek related that that we're not going to get the things that we want it to be. Like it's not going to be able to stand on its own. It's not going to be the yeah. next generation or the Enterprise or the whatever it is, yeah. you know, of of its time because it's and, and it's. And as much as you're like, we don't want to explore certain things, but then you're only stuck doing paying lip service to other things, yeah. you know, and giving cameos to Kirk and doing whatever. Mm-hmm. I love the show for the things that it does uh, for so many reasons, but it's not those things if you're not interested in it. You right. know what I'm saying? Like, then like then don't do those things. You mm-hmm. know, you have a chance to not do those things, but you're still doing it. So I'm c- kind of confused on just yeah. the whole way that it's like direction is going. And again, we're dealing with kind of filler episodes. Pike, Anson Mount has gone on maternity leave. And, and uh, th- we also are dealing very directly with the fact that like, this is always going to lead into Kirk and the enterprise, mm-hmm. you know, because this is 
very much like a prequel that's very directly related to the original yeah. series. So you can only escape it so much, you know, but you do have at least 10 years of adventures that we could have, yeah. especially when the enterprise usually goes out on what, like a five year long, mm -hmm. like voyage, you know? So like, uh, what deployment is what we would call that, you know? Yeah. Um, so like, at least five seasons of it just being its own thing is right. what it could be if you decided to do that. But it it's weirdly it, the first two episodes have been like courtroom drama stuck near like a space station on Earth. You know, mm -hmm. like everything is like dealing with the Federation. I don't think we're getting away with that. I don't think we're going to move away from that. So, yeah, I, I do. I trust Believe it or not, the writers, I really do think they have a, a plan of how all of this is going to uh, it's like we're drawing you in like this. And it's like, yeah, we're not going to throw too much heavy shit on you to start with. We're going to start sprinkling it in because yeah. then as you grow to care more and more and more about these characters, the drama just starts heaping in more and more. But well, I wish that our main characters would stop making cameos in in episodes. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like our like a lot of the characters are, are barely like it, it, we will we'll focus on one character, but everyone else is making just like a glorified cameo in their, mm -hmm. in their own series. You know, it's like, it doesn't feel like an ensemble show mm -hmm. in that sense. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Cause we, so far we haven't, well, the, the first episode wasn't bad, but like these past two episodes have been character specific so it's time you have such a strong ensemble. Also, we do want to have adventures. So we need to like get back to that point. If you're mm -hmm. not going to dive deeply, deeply, deeply into what's happening. Yeah. So I'm hoping this next episode is something maybe a little more in line with like what we expect Trek to be, which yeah. is like an ensemble jaunt into space. Um, but, you know, it's really I keep saying it like the pillars of Star Trek are like community and loyalty and and striving to be the best versions of yourself and i think as long as they keep pushing the envelope in that direction it will eventually like succeed mm -hmm. it's just right now you know there are so many boxes to be checked and i think we we want so much of this series because it's already giving us a lot so we can be critical of it because it's like there are things that we enjoy. So we want more. Yeah. We want it to be the best. We want it to be deep and fun. I think it's just like if fun. you're going to do that, if you're going to give us certain things, like go ahead and give it to us. Don't pretend like, oh, we're not interested in that. Right. In my saying, it's like, no, we are interested in that if that's the story you want to tell. Mm -hmm. So figure out what story you want to tell, that kind of thing. I like. It's not to say we don't love the time a time travel episode. We don't love like a good shipping of Kirk and Laon. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? It's like it just feels like you're not exactly committing to it, which is weird. You know, it's like yeah, uh, like it's like you could commit to these things and these ideas, but then you like you pull back yeah. all of a sudden, you know, or you don't fully give us like a rom a rom com episode. Mm -hmm. You don't fully give us like a her exploring like who would you kill Hitler episode. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like there's like neither one is really like dialed in. Right, right, right. And so it's like, like, that's not why we love this is because like, like the idea is there, but the depth is not yeah, there. The beginning of the episode is like, oh, OK, this is very much like in line with what Strange New Worlds was. It's like well, she's dealing with something and he like this guy calls it out, you know, mm -hmm. and it's like it's, it's on the nose. But it's like we're getting I was like, oh, OK, I know what we're de dealing with. Mm -hmm. And then it goes into like other directions where I'm like, what? But you don't commit. To, it's like weird. Yeah. Yeah. Something kind of funny that I just thought of when you said that about their little smooch is that every, I'm not joking, every episode that Kirk is in 
opposite a pretty girl, he's got a kiss. In the original series. Every, oh, so you think the girls are pretty, but the Kirks are are not always pretty. All the Kirks are generically attractive men, Oh, apparently. now you're admitting that they're traditionally, uh, generically attractive. I That's thought all right. of them are traditionally you generically attractive. You just said you attractive. weren't attracted to them. You're only attracted to the Chris Pine one. Well, Chris one. Pine is my favorite, but... Um, so that is just kind of funny that we see Kirk and he's got a little smooch in here. Cause like, ugh, that's Kirk. If he, if we see Kirk and he rips his shirt, that's another thing that William Shatner always, he always has a shirt with like a nipple out or like a, an excuse to take his top off right. William Shatner. Like, right. I really hope that that's maybe like a fun little nod that we throw in sure. as we get I to meet I, Kirk. I know you don't really care about Kirk now. You just care about the, the girls is what you're trying to tell me. It's oh, like, wow. you wish you were Kirk so that you could kiss all the pretty girls. I wish I was Kirk. I wish I was half as cool as Kirk is. Right, um, right. And kissing the girls. You get a smooch a girl. Uh, so yeah, I think, I think that's everything. Do you, do you have any other final thoughts before we... Did you happen to watch uh, next time on the episode or anything Mm-mm. like that? There's no trailer. I usually don't that. watch them, You no. didn't watch that musical one Mm-mm. that or possible music. I'm sorry. There's, we don't, there's no confirmed musical episode, but there's a possibility. Yeah. I get, yeah, and honestly, I didn't actually get that from the trailer that you sent me. Again, I didn't watch the trailer. Yeah, I know. I watched the trailer. It was like two minutes and 13 seconds, and there wasn't really like much new footage in it. Sure. So I didn't, I didn't even notice if you, if I wouldn't have seen the, the quote that was like possible musical episode, I wouldn't have even got that idea from the trailer that I watched. So I don't Mm -hmm. know why we're saying that. We'll find out though. I don't want there to be a musical episode. Really? Really. We had a musical episode with uh, Ahura. When they were like trapped in this like cave thing and then like that she had to sing her way out or whatever to like, because the, the language is like written in song kind of thing. Well, you know, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, paraphrasing, yeah, yeah. you know, so it was like, oh, okay. And then I believe Spock had to sing to get it, you know, mm-hmm. you don't want Ethan Peck to be belting out some show tunes i mean if there if there's like a song or two incorporated into it but do i want to see like a full musical episode of star trek as no. someone who loved those magicians like musical episodes and loved it every time we we're like we're gonna get another music i i feel like i can get down this show is fun and the cast yeah. is so much fun like i'm like i'm down i'm down with it you know give me the cast doing some stuff uh uh, uh get doing some musicals and and that's the time travel episode that I want. The one that where it's like, oh, did it happen or did it not happen? Great. That's fine. I don't need, <laughs> I don't need, would you kill Hitler? I need a, this is a musical universe and that they all like bust out in the song. That's great. That's, that's so cute. much fun. That's cute. It was all a dream. And then the, the pilot wakes up and she's like, oh, it never all happened. No. Like, that's fine. <laughs> you know, yeah. I love those episodes. Uh, it probably again means nothing to anything, but like, whatever. I mean, if this was like a 20 plus episode season, then yeah, I would say, give me that episode. Again, Considering I have six episodes left. I do not want a musical episode. Oh, sure. I, again, I would have accepted this episode much better if this was like 20 something episodes, <laughs> Yeah, you know, like there's definitely enough maybe there. And it, I, maybe it's just the fact that like we're truncating things so much that yeah. we're just, it's not, it's not working. In the way that I want. We're not getting the lead up. We're not getting the payoff. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who knows? But yeah, that's it. That's our discussion, I guess, of yeah. Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Um, you know, I, I don't think we're, we're totally down on it. We're just. No, I love it. Like, <laughs> I love it. But it was your least favorite episode. So far. Said. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, but we're still 
on the train. Uh, we still cry every time the the Star Trek theme song comes on, and yeah, and yeah. Uh, we're we're watching a Star Trek. We still enjoy showing up for these characters week yes. after week. Um, we just wish the writers would show up for us, <laughs> shall we say? <laughs> well, this is codependent content. Uh, you can find us anywhere that you find podcasts, uh, Spotify, YouTube. Now, specifically, if you want to. Uh, engage with us you can go comment there you can leave a time code mark if there's anything that we missed if there's anything that we, you feel like we should have talked about if you feel like we're being too harsh on the series you can feel free to go do that and specifically yeah. time code it so that i know exactly where i did you wrong uh because i know that i did um and i know that you guys think i'm a jerk <laughs> so uh that's that's fine like so time stamp it so we yeah, have actual I, proof I need to, that i can bring to our you know, therapist i i need to learn and change and 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 understand exactly what I'm doing wrong. So please, please go tell me. Uh, you can also email us if you like email still. Oh. And if that's kind of your thing, you can email us at codependentcontent at gmail.com. I haven't received an email in a while, Shannon, mm -hmm. or at least I haven't gotten notifications. And I've been too busy working to actually check the fucking email. So maybe I should fucking do that. Uh, and that's that's two fucks for the press one. Now three. Okay, great. Uh, <laughs> I, so... Uh, you can also, as always, go to our Discord where we are creating a community of uh, an ensemble, if you will, of likable characters that we just love to hate and also love and believe that we are all flawed but need help. And we try and help each other in our own time travel, court drama, and whatever episodes that we have on our Discord. That's my plug. <laughs> but we do record this live. You can always engage with us there. There's many ways that you can engage with us. Please go do that. Until then, and maybe until next time, Shannon, uh, am I going to see you? Uh, will you dress up with me? And uh, uh, oh Yes. <laughs> you, you're going to dress up next time? Oh, my God, you're yeah. You're going to get photos now. Uh, uh, will you put on your dress uniform? Uh, and and or or will you put on your leather jacket? I guess and travel with me to the to the future, and and um, watch Star Trek with me next week. Hundred percent, absolutely, yes. Okay, great. I'll see you then. Okay, bye. Bye.